I want to thank you for making my pillow 2.0 a huge success. Now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. Get a queen size for only $39.98 with your promo code. My pillow 2.0 is made with my patented adjustable fill. Plus, we've infused the fabric with our temperature regulating technology. You combine that with our brand new Mattress Topper 2.0, and I guarantee you, you get the best sleep of your life. It's the perfect time to get the MyPillow 2.0s for your friends, family, and everyone you know. They truly make the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save 50%. Get your queen size MyPillow 2.0, Regularly $79.96, now only $39.98, and king size just $5 more. From all of us at MyPillow, Merry Christmas and God bless. MyPillow.com on the Pete Santilli Show. Secret Service. Uh, is probably more focused on covering up the crimes of the Biden family, like cocaine in the freaking coat room. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. They're busy. It's part of their job. They're off doing things. Yeah. Vivek Ramaswamy. This guy is incredible. He's incredible. Um, you know, you know what's incredible? 
is that he has been able to chisel uh, the truth through the mainstream media. I mean, he's got his messaging and his ramrodding uh-huh. uh, of of the truth. Yeah. Is is remarkable. Do you know what I like about him? What is the clip that you're getting ready to show? He does not allow the um, the CNN lady. I forget what her name is. He doesn't. He does not allow her to shut him down. Right. He just keeps talking. He ignores her. And you know, I kind of like that. It's kind of like what Trump does too. He does the same thing. Um, do we trust Ramaswamy just yet? I think he's got, wait a minute, yeah. let me just say, I think he's got a little ways to go, mm. right? Um, I think he's he's uh, got... I don't go by the individual, though. Yeah, but his message, he's, he's on point on messaging, but do we trust that it's not just a, you know, it's just not another politician who's a great actor and can, like Obama, a lot of people compare him to Obama, and we had to pay attention to that gut feeling. Biden is the puppet of a regime state uh, that knows that it doesn't exist if if Trump is in. So they will stop at nothing uh, to kill. And they already have. Look at what Biden uh, did with the Ukraine, you know, just supplying them with all those munitions. Uh, they've been laundering those things, too. The amount of weapons that are unaccounted for going into the, the UK. At any given time, Pete, there were 40, 45 people inside and on the grounds of that wildlife refuge. At any given time, right? Most people that came by the thousands, by the way, they they went, they went in, visited, and they left. People weren't staying there uh, at the at the compound itself, right? Um, so there were, at any given time, maybe 40 people, maybe 45. And check it out. In the end, we found uh, the, the great leftist attorneys, right? And a guy named Gary Hunt uh, figured out who the informants were. And it finally came out in, in court. And guess how many informants were inside the Bundy, uh, the Bundy occupation of the Mount Here National Wildlife Refuge. Of 40 people, there was like 24, 20, 22 to 24 FBI informants paid, getting paid to be there. We get President Trump and he's going to obliterate. I wouldn't be surprised if he launched a drone strike against the CIA. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, the CIA, the FBI, the spy agency uh-huh. known as the, C- the the FBI. So much stuff to say about them, but yeah, um, they they right now are grasping to hang on to power. They're going to do everything. They even put Ron DeSantis out there. He's got his little freaking uh, little hooch soccer mom wife. That chick is so oh. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. That chick is so out of control. She's out there calling for fraudulent votes into Iowa caucuses. Well, I don't know if she's exactly calling for fraudulent votes, but it shows you she how... She's everybody to descend upon Iowa. I, I know, to, to help with the caucus, and they're allowed to do that. They're just not allowed to vote in it. Yeah. What's the difference between me and Hunter Biden? What? Is I don't need to be on crack to get a, uh, a foot job from an Asian. 
Oh my God! What? <laughs> You're crazy, right? Is that, did that just come out of my mouth? It did, Pete. I did, did, did I just say that? The masses have never thirsted after truth. They turn aside from evidence that is not to their taste, preferring to deify error if error seduce them. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. According to the psychologist Carl Jung, the greatest threat to civilization lies not with the forces of nature, nor with any physical disease, but with our inability to deal with the forces of our own psyche. We are our own worst enemies, or as the Latin proverb puts it, man is a wolf to man. In Civilization in Transition, Jung states that this proverb is a sad yet eternal truism, and our wolf-like tendencies come most prominently into play at those times of history when mental illness becomes the norm rather than the exception in a society, a situation which Jung termed a psychic epidemic. Indeed, it is becoming ever more obvious, he writes, that it is not famine, not earthquakes, not microbes, not cancer, but man himself, who is man's greatest danger to man, for the simple reason that there is no adequate protection against psychic epidemics, which are infinitely more devastating than the worst of natural catastrophes. In this video we are going to explore the most dangerous of all psychic epidemics, the mass psychosis. A mass psychosis is an epidemic of madness, and it occurs when a large portion of a society loses touch with reality and descends into delusions. Such a phenomenon is not a thing of fiction. Two examples of mass psychoses are the American and European witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries, and the rise of totalitarianism in the 20th century. During the witch hunts, thousands of individuals, mostly women, were killed, not for any crimes they committed, but because they became the scapegoats of societies gone mad. In some Swiss villages, writes Francis Hill, there were scarcely any women left alive after the frenzy had finally burned itself out. When a mass psychosis occurs, the results are devastating. Jung studied this phenomenon and wrote that the individuals who make up the infected society become morally and spiritually inferior. They sink unconsciously to an inferior intellectual level. They become more unreasonable, irresponsible, emotional, erratic, and unreliable, and worst of all, crimes the individual alone could never stand are freely committed by the group smitten by madness. What makes matters worse is that those suffering from a mass psychosis are unaware of what is occurring. For just as an individual gone mad cannot step out of his mind to observe the errors in his ways, so too there is no Archimedean point from which those living through a mass psychosis can observe their collective madness. But what causes a mass psychosis? To answer this question we must first explore what drives an individual mad. While there are many potential triggers of madness, such as an excessive use of drugs or alcohol, brain injuries and other illnesses, these physical causes will not concern us here. Our concern is with psychological, or what are called psychogenic triggers, as these are the most common culprits of the mass psychosis. The most prevalent psychogenic cause of a psychosis is a flood of negative emotions, such as fear or anxiety, that drives an individual into a state of panic. When in a state of panic, an individual will naturally seek relief, 
as it is too mentally and physically draining to subsist in this hyper-emotional state. While escaping from the state of panic can be accomplished through adaptive means, such as facing up to and defeating the fear-generating threat, another way to escape is to undergo a psychotic break. A psychotic break is not a descent into a state of greater disorder, as many believe, but a reordering of one's experiential world, which blends fact and fiction, or delusions and reality, in a way that helps end the feelings of panic. What is our common bond truly? Freedom! Freedom! Without freedom, you can't be a Christian no matter what denomination you belong to. You can't be a Buddhist. You can't own a donut shop. You can't drive from here to Oregon. You can't be an American because that's what it's all about. And it's the only thing that it's all about. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's about freedom. There is a time to pray, and there's a time to stand. Away we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Pete Santelli Show. Yes, fix that. Fix your, <laughs> fix your compobulator, Deb Jordan. Uh, put you right on screen. We're off and running, ready to go. We got a busy show, a busy day. Uh, a lot of news uh, here on this Friday, December 15th. Uh, top of the morning to everyone. Yes. Top of the morning to everybody. Hello and good morning. Welcome. Get settled in. If you are on the, I'm going to say, the mothership of the free flow of information, barring any complications by Chinese army hackers. <laughs> um, of course, yeah. Rumble. Uh, thank you. Welcome, Rumble. Welcome, locals. L Rumble, locals. Same thing, by the way. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Um Welcome, uh, frankspeech.com. I haven't gotten word that we're up and running on Frank Speech, so one never knows until somebody says in my ear that we're up and running because it's a hit or miss type situation. Are we up and running on, on, here, uh, right? on Lindell TV? Uh, if we are running on Lindell TV, let me know. Uh, if we're not, then I won't say hello. Excuse me? Okay, fantastic. I'm getting word right now. I hear grumbling in the background. There's Angie. She's banging pots and pans. There she is. Clamor. We're up. We are now up. Good morning, Lindell TV. Top of the morning to you. Um, you guys are in for a treat. We have lots of things going on. Just to let you know, uh, this is going to be a busy show. At 9 o'clock, uh, we're going to have Bill Ogden from Tactical Civics come on. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, the way we're going to do things, Deb Jordan and, 
And uh, we've been meaning to do this, and it's working out perfect because with our uh, our interviews with our guests, we wanted to make sure that we spend a little bit of time with our guests and allow yes. our subscribers to flow questions, right, that, uh, uh, that the guests can answer. Uh, when we do a 30-minute segment like we did last night, and by the way, we're going to get to this ASAP because it is bombshell information that's going to be coming from Dr. Peter McCullough. Yeah. All right, Dr. Peter McCullough. But uh, we're allowing our local subscribers uh, to pose questions, right? And also, we want our morning people too to uh, uh, to give questions. And Deb Jordan's going to tell you how we do things. All right. Last night it worked out perfect. We got a system set up now, mm -hmm. uh, Deb. When Dr. Peter McCullough came on, we let the guests know before they come on, we're going to reserve five minutes at the end if it's a 30-minute segment mm -hmm. for a Q&A. Yeah. Um, and I love that Marcy P, because she's been with us for so long and her iPad's always broken, so I want to make sure that I give her, you know, she's a victim of her iPad. Uh, but <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but those questions. So we want to do the same thing for the live show in the morning, too, with Bill Ogden. Uh, if you're a local subscriber and you float those questions, right, in the locals chat room, our team will grab those those questions and we'll do a Q&A with our guest. And then eventually we'll actually have the guest in the chat room so they can see your questions. But uh, right. anyways. So uh, here's how it works. Mm -hmm. You uh, log into uh, locals. How do you I, get there? I will be... You, I'm sorry. PeteSantilli.locals.com forward yes. slash support. Okay. You can even get a free month too, right? Yeah, you'll even get a free month. But mm -hmm. log in. I'll, I will be in the chat room and I'll be sending your questions for our guests to Pete Santilli. And it worked out great last night. And you were able to get all the questions in to Dr. McCullough. You guys will be seeing that here in just a few minutes. The the interview with Dr. Peter McCullough. It is an important one. And he talks about this new pneumonia. <laughs> it's, and it's really, wait till you hear what he has to say. It's not as, I mean, they just, they try so hard to get us back into that, you know, let's all be scared mode, right? Where we just comply to everything they say. They loved the power that they had over us. They loved it and they longed for it. And I mean, they got addicted to it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yes, uh, we're gonna start doing that. So you guys can uh, you guys can be there tonight when uh, when our guest, when Pete is recording. Who's our guest tonight? Uh, I know this. Pastor. Oh, yes. Daryl. Pastor Daryl Scott. Oh I'm so sorry. I know, man. Oh, my Listen, goodness. We're, we're, it's like so, working with Joe Bud. Oh, oh me? <laughs> what about you, dude? What do you mean, me? Listen. Me, 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 me. Listen, be nice. And so, so it's Pastor Daryl Scott. Wouldn't you hate to work with Joe Biden? Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Uh, he says, you know what? If you leave your keys in a car and somebody steals it and they go out and crash, you're liable. So therefore, 
we're gonna take away all AR-15s. I'm like, oh man, you are. Mm-hmm. You're gonna if you leave your gun out of it. Okay, okay. So what does that mean? That means we're gonna take away all cars because you might leave your keys in the car. Right. Like, what kind of freaking logic is that? That's the dumbest analogy I've ever... He literally said, if you leave your keys in the car and somebody drives and crashes, you're liable. So, therefore, we're going to ban all uh, assault rifles and, 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 and magazines with large capacity right. magazines. I'm like, no, no, no. Your analogy with leaving your keys in the car and being irresponsible and being liable... Mm-hmm. And then relating that to banning all assault rifles, that, that 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 would mean the car analogy would mean that you would remove all cars. You would ban all vehicles because you might leave your keys in the car. Yeah, and right. And in the process of that, they let the guy they blame it all on you and let the guy who stole your car go free, get away with it. You know what, if you leave your keys in the car and somebody grabs it and crashes it and kills somebody, Mm -hmm. right, guess what? Mm -hmm. Is it the car's fault? Right. I mean, that's what it comes down to. He literally proved our point with his stupid analogy. He did. He proved our point. Yeah. Okay. You're liable. Exactly. You do something stupid with a gun, you're going to be liable. You leave your gun out, a kid grabs it and shoots somebody. You're the one that gets in trouble. What are you going to do? Well, the kid grabbed a gun, so we're therefore going to ban all cars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why? Well, the kid grabbed a gun. Okay. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I know, but that person's liable, so therefore we're going to ban all cars. Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with the gun? Well, I don't know, but. Uh, uh, Banning cars is not out of the equation for the, He's a freaking idiot. Yeah. Okay. And from what I understand, I'm learning much more about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. He was stupid then. He's stupid now. Yeah. And he's the perfect uh, person for the FBI to cover up all of his crimes. Yeah. And just control well, the guy. Speaking of someone who's not stupid and very smart, actually, Dr. Daryl Scott, Pastor Daryl Scott, will be. Uh, your guest that you'll be uh, pre-recording uh, later tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you guys want to jump on locals, that would be fantastic. And yes. give your questions. Listen, Daryl Scott, uh, he is Listen. a conservative who still stands up for the black community in a very conservative, very responsible way. So make sure that everybody stay right there. When we come back, we are going to play an excerpt of Clay Higgins. Just an excerpt because that's what's coming on later on the show. Then right after that, right to Dr. Peter McCullough's interview. Bombshell. And then to Bill Ogden. And then we're going to come back to Clay Higgins. So stay right there. It's going to be a fast mover, as they say. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. 
duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98. Or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages, or any situation that makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal. Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious, delicious, and have a 25-year shelf life. Yes, you heard that right. 25 years. We source high-quality non-GMO ingredients and use advanced freeze-drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients. Forget last-minute runs to the grocery store. Pete Prep Store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep. Why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones? With Pete Prep Store, you're always prepared. Make the smart choice today. Visit PetePrepStore.com and place your order today. This isn't just food. It's your lifeline in times of crisis. Don't wait for an emergency to prepare. Be proactive. PetePrepStore.com. Be prepared. Be secure. Be ready. Always. Hi, I'm Ron Paul. I know what you're thinking. Another gold commercial. But don't put the TV on mute. You owe it to yourself to listen. Stock markets may be high right now, but they'll eventually fall. And when they do, your retirement savings will fall along with them. Call the experts at Gold Co. today to learn more about how easy it is to invest in gold with a gold IRA. Call 855-614-1681 or visit goldco.com forward slash Pete. Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well being. Get your 60 day, no risk, money back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. We're breaking with our regular series to bring you a rare in-depth interview with a man who's no stranger to controversy and doesn't seem to give a damn what people think of him. Clay Higgins has gone from cop to congressman and along the way did things law enforcement officers don't normally do, like the way he delivered his message in Crime Stopper videos that earned him the name, the Cajun John Wayne. If you look him up online, you'll find no shortage of articles condemning Clay Higgins as a far-right conspiracy theorist, peddling in crazy, unfounded ideas about January 6th. Then again, these are the same people who told us Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, and President Donald Trump was a Russian spy. 
Simply put, they often lie, and we don't care what they think. We know we've been deceived about January 6 because the narrative has shifted. For example, we now know from court cases and the FBI itself that the Bureau did have undercover assets on the ground. That's one of the reasons we wanted to speak to Representative Higgins. He's one of the few in Congress who's challenged the insurrection narrative from the start. And as a former law enforcement officer himself, knows a thing or two about investigations. Powerful people who dominate the flow of information don't want you to hear what he has to say or what he's learned over the past two and a half years. That alone seemed like a compelling reason for us to find out. This is a letter from Benny Thompson, who's chairman of the January 6th Select Committee. And he sent this uh, to TSA, to the Honorable uh, David Pekoski, who's the administrator of TSA. They want a briefing on efforts to address the travel of white supremacists and other domestic terrorist groups, options for quickly denying air carrier service to individuals posing a potential threat, and uh, current status of efforts to identify and head to watch lists. How far does this go? That letter was the beginning of a executive action by the TSA to use its authority to instruct uh, America's air marshals to track and follow Trump supporters that had been charged with no crime. They were guilty only of, of arriving by air into D.C. on January 4th, 5th, or 6th. And those, those manifests were turned over to the FBI. The FBI went through those manifests and every American that they identified, that the FBI identified as a Trump supporter that was on those manifests was added to the FBI's suspected domestic terrorist watch list. The FBI created a profile on those people, a suspected terrorist profile and then the the TSA administrator used his authority to instruct the air marshals of America to track those Americans wherever they fly. And still today, it's still happening. This is who our air marshals are following, the Trump supporters. And that letter signed by Benny Thompson, who was chair of the J6 Select Committee, and signed by John Katko. The, the, who at the time was a ranking member. Republican. It means the lead Republican of the Homeland Security Committee advising the, the Pekoski, the TSA the senior guy, to use all of that authority to track Trump supporters that had not been charged with a crime, who were guilty only of arriving in D.C. by air. And every time they fly, they're being tracked. That's right. If they have never been convicted of terrorism, why are they on the terror watch list? It's a violation of the First Amendment. They exercise their First Amendment rights are being punished for it. It's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. I mean, how many laws does this violate? How many rights does this violate? This is not a free country. You're not a free country where you're tracked by air marshals, by the way, at taxpayer expense. And we're not talking about an insignificant expense. Teams of three air marshals tracing people all over the country, putting you're putting physical detail onto people. That's, That's right. the most expensive form of surveillance That's that right. exists. Let me say, let me clarify. It's very comforting to Americans to think that there's, and there might be an air marshal on our, on our flight. Not well if they're tracking well you for your God. political but beliefs. But not if they're being used for nefarious purposes. The people that are complaining about this are the air marshals themselves.
These are the whistleblowers that are coming forward to tell a congressman that they felt would pay attention. This has been like going on since January 21. That's right. And you just found out about it. What else is going on that well, we don't know we, about? We don't know, but I'm telling you, we're in uncharted waters as, as it relates to the weaponization of our government against the American people. I am not frightened of these people. I, I've spent my life serving others and, and I love my country. This thing is not going to just slip away. They're not going to take us without a fight. I'm going to fight legally and peacefully and within the parameters of the Constitution that I've sworn to serve. But they're going down. These, these men and their high perch and their, their position of power and authority and are walking upon our entire history, our deepest core principles. They're not going to get away with it. They have so far. We'll see. Powerful people in this country, they want to make sure no one hears your, your voice. They want everyone to look at you like a far-right, crazy conspiracy theorist. Is that who you are? No, man. I'm a regular American man. I'm an investigator, police officer by background. I'm going to continue to speak the truth, whether anybody likes it or not. You've always been controversial. Even when you were in law enforcement, you did those uh, Crime Stopper videos that went viral. People loved them. You got a lot of heat for them, too. The Gremlin Street Gang is responsible for hundreds of violent crimes. Murders, armed robberies, witness intimidation, burglaries, drug trafficking, extortion, and brutal beatings. We've arrested 10 of these thugs and have warrants on seven more. You will be hunted. You will be tracked. And if you raise your weapon to a man like me, we'll return fire with superior fire. There, there is a lot to unpack here, okay? And we're going to play the remaining balance. Uh, we're at um, the seven-minute mark, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to add to the excerpt that we're playing that yeah, everybody remembers Clay Higgins when those videos went viral. We were cheering on, you know, the sheriff. Back in the day. The, the sheriff, okay, that sheriff that we admired went to Congress. That sheriff can't be compromised. And I'm gonna put the word out very, very directly. And I'm not messing around. I mean, Deb Jordan and I have had serious discussions as to, hey, are you okay? Because the last time you stood, you know, beside me, you had uh, literally snipers pointed at us, red dots everywhere, guns shoved in our face. You saw yesterday, hopefully you saw yesterday's show. ABC News reported and then they selectively edited uh, the point at which the FBI shoved the muzzle of their weapon into the vehicle, pointing it at Deb Jordan's chest. Mm-hmm. They edited that out. They just, you know, what did they? It was selective editing. It looked so sure. outrageous how they were doing it. But, but I, uh, Deb and I have made a conscious decision. Uh, uh, what do we fear more? The power of the FBI, the surveillance state, the police state, the deep state, or them getting away with what they're doing? 
Mm. And we've made the decision that we fear them getting away with it. So what are they going to do? Oh, they're going to come and kill it. You know, we, we don't fear that. We don't fear that. Uh, so we will work every single day to make sure that they don't get away with what they're getting away with. Mm. Now, uh, by the way, um, we have our, our chat. I got a special embed. Uh, good morning. It looks nice. Uh, Nick's dad. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What a combo. Rico, uh, Rico Suave. Thank mm -hmm. you very much uh, for your support. Look at all the red badges. Those are the supporters. Uh, the people that are supporting us. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you guys right now. Uh, you, it's going to. If you guys right. support us, okay, and we pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, mm -hmm. you're not going to hear the grueling remaining balance of the month where I'm panicking, threatening that we're going to be out. But we're, you guys are, you guys, you. our and audience I'm right now, uh, because uh, for whatever reason, Good okay, morning, Sophie, uh, I've, I've been uh, telling you that we need your support, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when the support dries up, that's literally your uh, your clarion call to put us out of business. We're going out of business right now. Uh, we cannot, like you guys push us to the point. We build our infrastructure. We're we've got our streaming. Everything is set up. We've got we're building our team, and then you guys have just cut us off. So what you did was you built the business. We the people did. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you fired rocket propelled grenades at your freaking junk. Mm -hmm. just, just took your rocket propelled grenade and went and fired it right at your balls. <laughs> I mean, why, why would you want to do that, right? Why? Yeah. No, why? It's self sabotage. You just have such a way with words. Well, that's what we've done <laughs> effectively. We're get yeah. ready, we go to war, we build up our ammunition, get our guns, and mm -hmm. then take a rocket propelled grenade and fire it at our nuts. Mm. Uh, people can't afford to help Pete. Don't uh, that uh, candy, <laughs> candy. Here's the bottom line: uh, if I'm talking to the wrong people, uh, then I need to shift gears and go do something else. So I understand, uh, but, but it's not I understand that people can't afford it. They, they, the, we can. There's a percentage of us that have been that have paid our way all the way up to this point. Well, but so that doesn't candy, apply to just everyone. Just to let you know, it's not about all about the money and no you're right some there are those people who cannot afford even a dollar and we yeah, understand, understand that so what we need for you to do candy is make sure you hit that thumbs up button okay do that yeah hit the thumbs up button share our content somebody said oh come on pete ha 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 and that's just as important so mm -hmm. um yeah yeah. So yeah. I mean, here okay, here's the reality. Okay. If you guys want to keep us around, we'd appreciate your support. It's a way to do it. I mean, you know what? It'd be easy, uh, Candy. Um, it, it's a very simple model. If everybody, uh, when we get 20,000 people to come in and they say, all right, Pete, here you go. Shut up for a little bit. Here's a buck. <laughs> if everyone did that, uh, yeah. if you can't afford a dollar, then I need to bring you into Pete's school of getting a second job. Uh, right? Because if you can't make ends meet, then I'm going to set you up with a way to build a small business in home to supplement your income. Mm -hmm. Look at that. I'm a subscriber on Locals. I donate there. Never, never figured out how to do it here. You don't have to. Do it on Locals. Yeah, that's fine. That's uh, fine. No, I appreciate it. So, so if we come up to speed uh, and we all kind of spread it out a little bit, everyone can afford a dollar. Um, 
that's an easy way to do it if everybody does it, but they don't. Thank you, Cole. So, Candy, with all due respect, I understand you can't afford uh, to support us. You can't. Um, uh, I you that and that's you as an individual. Me as an individual, I can't afford to carry us. I just can't. Mm. Uh, big miss. There you go. Thank you, big now miss. a monthly supporter. Right. Um, uh, you can go to. As a matter of fact, let's do this. Um, uh, let, let's do. Let's do this. Go to PeteSantilli.locals.com. Use promo code Trump. You get a free month. Thank but you, at Bill. least we know how many people we have that are that are trying us out for a month, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll be a great organ grinder monkey. Mm. Uh, and and try to sell my way, and then we'll try to determine whether or not we can continue to to operate. Uh, but I need you to go to PeteSantilli.locals.com. Uh, use promo code Trump. It's a free account. Just kind of kick the tires um, and find out if that's a good way for you to support us. Now, if you're on Rumble, you can click that button and join. Use promo code Trump. Promo code Trump. Look at that, Mama's Kitties. Uh, Mama, five kitties. For me and nine others. How's the world Mama. turning, Bulls Dog? Bulls, uh, bull, what is it? Bulls? Bulldog. Bulldog, there you go. I like Bulldog. All right. Bulldog. All right, so uh, here's what we're going to do. If you are a locals subscriber, um, are you interested in finding, is everyone interested in finding out how to participate in tactical civics? Mm. Do you know what it is? Pete and Deb, how are you guys? We're doing great. Yeah, thank you, Bulldog. And there's JJ. Turning his slow. JJ, look at JJ comes over. He's uh, a regular. Um, uh, he's he's one of our um, uh, longtime supporters. Over on locals, yeah. And if you guys Surprise want to know, here, if you guys want to know something, just ask JJ NSA. He knows everything. He does. He does. He's very smart. He knows actually. everything. I enjoy his comments. All right, now back and to after like what two or three years. Now? Deb Jordan, back to yes, back to uh, my commentary. All right. Was he bear? I'm going to be really hard right now. You ready? Mm-hmm. So Clay Higgins talks about you know the letter. Thank uh, you, Miss Q. Let, let me just let me just break things down for you, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. You guys, I'm telling you, I have people that are making trips to Washington D.C. periodically, right? Mm -hmm. Over the past couple of years, oh, I'm yeah. going to D.C. I'm going to go talk to so and so, and I think I have a staffer that's. And by the way, they listen to all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all uh, a scam. Congress is mm -hmm. that rocket-propelled grenade. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, why would we want to do all this stuff and and then get all the way to the final show? Like, when I heard from um, the Navy SEAL Team Six family members, mm -hmm. and they said, "Here's the scam. You think you're going to get somewhere, but this is what we found out. They take their little carrot, they dangle it, right? The donkey's always chasing that carrot, right? Mm -hmm. You get all the way to DC." And they take you down a path, and then in the end, slam the gavel and say, "Ah, nothing to do, no, nothing to see here. Nobody's done anything wrong." Yeah. How many of you out there have heard, as a result of a congressional committee, that people were literally strung up and hung in the public square for covering up the murder of Navy SEAL Team Six family members? How many of you have heard about that? Extortion Seventeen. They literally set extortion 17 into an ambush 
blew up all of our Navy SEAL Team 6 family members that went to supposedly kill Osama bin Laden, which is a lie. Mm -hmm. They didn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. Osama bin Laden was dead long before that. But how many of you have heard about the murder of all of those Navy SEAL Team 6 members because of the congressional hearing? You didn't. It's one of the most egregious crimes ever perpetrated upon American, our, our, our premier top, you know, uh, military special operators mm -hmm. were sent into an ambush and murdered. And then the government covered it up. You heard nothing. Okay. So let me tell you what just happened. Okay. Do you remember PNAC, Robert Kagan, uh, uh, George Bush, uh, Dick Cheney, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Paul Wolfowitz, all of them. There was an ABC News report that said these guys just got together and basically said all we need, and they did it in 1998-99. They said all we need in order to bring tyranny upon the American people is to have a 9-11. Actually, they phrased it in the following way. They said we need a Pearl Harbor-style event in order to get us to war with Iraq. Yeah. Okay. What what happened shortly after that PNAC letter was the 9-11. Guess what came in shortly thereafter? We had war with Iraq and we had the Patriot Act. Yeah. Okay? Now, the Patriot Act was very powerful. We didn't know how powerful it was. Edward Snowden released how powerful it was. Mm -hmm. Then in the Bundy Ranch cases, this is what we found out. This isn't just some old stale thing. This is what I do know from seeing all the sources and methods. They declare Americans to be domestic terrorists for one reason, and nobody's getting this. They're not understanding it. There's people that go to Congress, and they don't even talk about, you know, what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. This isn't just an attack on political opponents. It's, it's not just the FBI saying, well, we're geared up and we're going to go demonize these people. No, this isn't just a disparaging demonization of political opponents. You know what it is? It's a designation that triggers legally because of the Patriot Act mm -hmm. surveillance of half of America right now. Yes. And they've done nothing to stop it. So you know what they did yesterday? They basically approved the FISA just continuing to be able to surveil their political opponents. You keep yeah. wanting to go to Congress, keep listening to these Congress people. Not even Clay Higgins knows this. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, stay right there. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? This is what I'm going to do. Slippers. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I got to continue on. I'm going to. I'm going to skip this break. Because if we're going to go broke, we're just going to just go broke. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh huh? Yeah, but we don't want to let our sponsors go broke. <laughs> That's we don't. We, we don't. I mean, you know, I literally have, we're going broke. And then people are saying, oh, too many commercials. Mm -hmm. oh, we can't afford to support you. Okay, so you want the best of both worlds. Oh, we just want you to go broke and continue <laughs> to do the great work that you do, Pete. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. um, since we're not going to do that, um, uh, let me pick one here. Mm -hmm. The wellness company. Go oh, hold to, on. Go to twc.health forward slash Pete. Use promo code Pete and get 10% off at the wellness company. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and that is Dr. Peter McCullough, who's going to be coming up here uh, in here in just a little while. So 
Make sure you stay tuned for that. The Wellness Company, twc.health forward slash Pete. Use promo promo code Pete. Get your 10% off today. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Watch this. I'll do one better. You ready? Make sure you guys write this down. We're not going to be able to play uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Hmm? Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were going to do it today. Huh? I thought you were going to do it today. I am going to do it today, but it's a 30-minute interview. All right? Um, Here we go. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Watch this. Mm Mm-hmm. Here we go. Scientific officer of the wellness company. And I want everyone to go to twc.health forward slash Pete, like my first name, Pete. Uh, But this is actually for Pete Santilli. And I can tell you, it's very important that you pick up a COVID kit, which is the wellness company's offering. So you're prepared, giving you all the drugs to manage all the variants of COVID, including a budesonide nebulized device, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, all the necessary medications. Never get burned again with a case of COVID-19, can't get a hold of the doctor or the pharmacist, won't prescribe the medications. And then to be extra prepared, get a family kit, the Wellness Company Emergency Kit. That's the blue kit. That has a complete formulary to defend you against anything that comes down the line, including the Chinese pneumonia, bladder infection, bronchitis, yeast infection, anthrax. You'll be fully covered, a full uh, formulary for you to have at home. And any questions on this, the kits include a, um, a telemedicine consultation and a home guide so you know what you're doing with the drugs. You're going to take control of your own destiny. Uh, TWC.health forward slash Pete. The COVID kit and the emergency medical kit offered by the wellness company. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. See you soon. Scientific officer. What do you say? <laughs> you know, uh, and, yeah. and I think uh, everybody that was on locals and here in our interaction, we truly are. We've become friends because guess what? Dr. Peter McCullough. All right. Uh, we met through COVID. Um, Dr. Peter McCullough was just you were one barely of the first getting. People who yeah, we were one of the first him. ones that uh, that featured Dr. Peter McCullough. Yeah, we were going to get together in a venture uh, for a telemedicine company, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that the wellness company picked him up, which is great. I mean, uh, they've done a great job, and um, uh, and they're they're off and running. I'm, I'm an advocate of telemedicine, and yeah. we spoke of that. And he said, contractually, you know, I got to do this thing with the wellness company. So here we are coming back together again. He's the leading cardiologist. Now, what you're going to hear in that interview after I finish with um, with Bill Ogden is, let me tell you, it's bombshell information. You want to give them a peek under the tent? What's the most important thing you heard? From Dr. McCullough last night? Yeah, just off the top of your head. Oh, what did you hear? Um when he he answered one of my questions, and I think it is so important that people understand that you don't necessarily have to get the vaccine to have health problems when you get the bioweapon, when the bioweapon you actually contract COVID-19, yeah. um, and that you need to take care of your health, um, even watch for signs of things. He said 
in this interview. You guys will find. And he here. cannot say something that's not factually correct. Right. They'll literally take his license away. Exactly. Okay? He said that people who were unvaccinated that he has seen um, two years later after they've gotten COVID, they get, you know, blood clots. And, you know, so he breaks it down what you need to do to take care of yourself during while you have COVID and at least up to uh, a month or two afterwards. And that is aspirin and, get, and, and a protocol that he has put together to help people through it, Pete. And I think it's an important uh, message that people just aren't hearing. They're getting COVID in there. They're not paying attention to their health after. Well, remember, it is a bioweapon. It's it's um, it's pretty nefarious. You can get blood clots from the COVID uh, virus. Alone. It's not just a cold and it's not just a flu. And that is something that is in the mind and psyche of people mm -hmm. who are anti, they think that because they didn't get vaccinated that they're safe. And mm -hmm. this is a bioweapon that, that you are contracting and it's meant to do terrible things to your body, to your vital organs, to your, to your uh, pulmonary and your, and your heart. It's in your, you know, in your, um, and your veins and your system, your, your system, uh, on hold so mm -hmm. make sure that you guys listen to this interview it's very That's right. important so um so this is what i'm going to do right now as a segue all right if you're in our locals uh our subscriber only uh, pizzantilly.locals.com forward slash support use promo code trump right mm -hmm. because you don't know how to spell retribution uh or some people may not know how to spell retribution right mm -hmm. so i use promo code trump um, yeah. You get a free account. Now, anytime our guest comes on, our guest, we're just going to kind of give you a little trial run because I'm going to bring out a live guest and it's an important one. And he's going to come on once a week. Okay. And he will be scheduled on. I like Fridays. You know what? TGI Friday. It's Bill Ogden Friday. All right. Like he's going to come on. Before yeah. I bring him on, all right, I'm going to play a little ditty. And it's not about Jack and Diane. It's about our citizen grand juries, okay? Tactical civics is the most important. It's my top of the list priority. Bill Ogden's gonna come on and you will be able to field questions as we go, as we have the discussion in our locals chat and I'll read them to him. Deb will be taking a look at them and then we'll do some interactivity. Uh, so not just with Bill Ogden, but also tonight, uh, come in with uh, Pastor Daryl Scott. You'll be able. We'll reserve some wait. time to answer your questions, and those uh, are for our subscribers only. Our most mm -hmm. loyal people get to ask the questions of our guests because our most uh, loyal subscribers are the smartest people on the planet of the Earth. Amen. Planet of the Earth. Planet Amen. of the Apes. <laughs> right. All right. We love y'all. Everybody, uh, enjoy this right here. You ready? Mm-hmm. Give me just a second. Here we go. Pay attention. Well, my boy came home from 
from school today With a look of frustration on his face I said, son, sit down and tell me what's wrong He said, dad, I don't know what my gender is Yeah, the teacher's been filling his head with So I took the time to put his little mind at ease on by while this trip our freedoms when we don't comply so we got down on my knees god what do i do gonna start ourselves a county grand jury not a right but a duty roll the corrupt To keep all those that work for us in check And well, we learn how to die, forgotten how to live And we're so bound to the laws of man Can't see the freedom for security Not me Gonna start ourselves a county grand jury in school teach your kids the golden rule do you want to own your own land and never pay taxes on it again do you want to bring congress home some county codes packing down the road do you want to laugh do you want to sing do you want to join me Start ourselves a county grand jury. Not a right, but a duty. Throw out the corrupt. That's played on us. It's gonna be an epic revival. Rekindling the fire from the remnant that's been silent way too long. Can you hear the call?
message to, that uh, was to begin. You've heard this before. We played it three or four times. And as I come to the top of the hour, okay, with uh, Bill Ogden, I've got uh, some commentary for everybody, okay, especially the intelligence services, especially the ill-equipped members of Congress that are supposed to have oversight over these people. They're ill-equipped. I'm going to tell you this right now. How do I know? Well, there's somebody that's um, that's in, actually, there's quite a few people. Those are all my fellow domestic terrorists in that. I know a lot of them that are in that video, believe it or not. And we were all listed as domestic terrorists. I'll use Shauna Cox as an example. I need to bring Shauna Cox on. I do. I love her with all my heart. She's trying to do her absolute darndest to bring law and order to this country. But I'm going to use this one example. I'm going to speak to Shauna Cox about this because she knows that what I'm about to say is 1,000% true. The designation of domestic terrorists, we have it documented now. And through a court case, we now have documentation signed off by a federal judge that said that they did all of what I'm about to tell you for the purposes of provoking an armed confrontation with the American people. The FBI and the CIA and the DOJ are at war with the American people. Began a long time ago, but they're at war. And let me tell you one of the tools of war that is used. Imagine if I were to tell everybody right now listening to my voice that I'm going to hand you a computer and you're going to be able to listen to everything that they're saying over on the left from Barack Obama on down as to how they're going to overthrow your country. And you're going to be able to collect all this information. And then above and beyond that, if you hear them doing weird, nefarious things like child sex trafficking, human trafficking, gun running, leaving the border open and making money on drug trafficking and so on and so forth, you'll be able to get them for that too. And you'll have access to the most powerful technology ever in human history, that it was designed to go get bad guys in the desert, but we're going to take it and point it towards Barack Obama and all the leftists that have overthrown our country. Wouldn't you love to have access to that technology? Wouldn't you love it? As a matter of fact, President Trump is going to go in on day one. He's going to fire everyone, and then they're going to have to reapply. But what we're going to do, he'll have access to that computer, and he's going to take a look and say, You've been pretty. You've been a pretty good guy. We see all of your emails. We've got a profile on you. You've been fighting tooth and nail for America to try to bring law and order. You are that rank and file FBI agent that's been trying to do what's right. And we have that in our database. All of this information is stored in warehouses in Utah. Everything, every telephone call, every email, everything is stored. They have access to it. We don't. So where does that go? Where does that take us? Um, this is what I want, and it's not happening. There are people that I know that are going to Congress, and they're screaming at the 530-something people that lord over hundreds of millions of us. And they don't even know what the hell's going on. They don't even know what they're doing at the fusion centers and every jurisdiction. They don't even know that the sheriff's department is linked up to the fusion center and they have instantaneous profiling information. 
and there's multiple layers. I have this documented legally that when a police officer is driving down the road, he can look at a car, okay? He doesn't even need to run your plate. They don't need to scan your plates. Remember scanning plates was like a big thing? They don't need to do that. They have your cell phone ping, okay? Within two centimeters, they know that you're a MAGA voter that has been screaming online, threatening federal law enforcement. They already know that. They already know a red dot is on their screen. It's real time. If somebody calls 911, they have a real time. It's literally playing in their vehicle. If they're in the general vicinity, they hear that real time 911 call. Oh my goodness, there's a guy outside my house. He's threatening my real time. Boom. They pull up, they have instantaneous access to everything about you profiling. You're Pete Santilli, you're a MAGA voter, you're a Trump guy. You've been, you know, uh, going after the FBI. You've been doing all this stuff. They already have that right away. When they walk up to you and ask you, what's your name? They already know the answer to that question. They know what your name is. As long as you're carrying your electronic device, they have a completely immersive everything. They know all of your electronics. They've got your profile. It's all layered. It's in the Fusion Center. It's being distributed through Homeland Security. And it was all designed for the purposes of a mass casualty event. And then he said, wow, we can actually use this against our political opponents. I want that stopped immediately. I want my county sheriff right? To stop, cut that thing off, shut it off. It's warrantless. It's an invasion. Or at least tell everybody what you're doing. Do it now. Because you're perpetrating crimes. You're actually allowed to become a criminal and get away with it and shut everyone down that finds out that you're a criminal. And now our law enforcement at the highest levels of the CIA and the FBI have become a criminal enterprise. And how do we stop the FBI from coming from a foreign jurisdiction, it's literally foreign, to our sovereign states and our sovereign counties to come in and kidnap people and perpetrate and conduct unlawful arrests of people. Right now, I'm going to say this, any FBI agent that comes into my zip code and grab somebody using excessive force, and I'm gonna say excessive force, if you are wanted for taking a selfie in the rotunda of the US Capitol, and they come with an MRAP and heavily armed agents, that's excessive force. If there's an arrest that's affected, do they have a warrant? Is it even, is it lawful or is it unlawful? Clay Higgins, you're here later. Americans have a right to resist unlawful arrest. Now, I'm not gonna tell you to resist, you gotta be very careful, but you have a right to resist when they use unlawful uh, force against you. There's no reason to come get you from your house. Most Americans, if they know that they're wanted, uh, have the sheriff say, can you come in please? We're, we need to save the, the fuel. We're not going to put our officers' lives in danger. Well, are you willing to come in, yes or no? If you say no, then they have to deal with it that way. But they come busting your door down with an MRAP because you were a reporter and you were reporting, like this guy right here, this guy right here, this guy right here, this journalist from Blaze Media, okay? Um, Blaze Media investigative journalist Steve Baker on Thursday said the U.S. Department of Justice will be charging him for his January 6th reporting, 
Okay. You know what they're going to do to him? Same thing they did to Roger Stone. Roger Stone, most peaceful guy, libertarian, pot smoking, doesn't want to bring harm to anybody. They used military force to go get him. Okay. Excessive force. Roger Stone should have resisted. He should have resisted. He should have said, I'm not letting you in my house until my, my attorney determines how you're able to establish some, some sort of a Russian spy. You, you obtain this, this thing unlawfully. This is an unlawful arrest. This is totally inappropriate. It's excessive, and I'm going to push back, and I'm going to talk to my attorney here. You guys stay outside and leave me alone. You're not going to take my stuff. You're not. I have a right to not be searched and seized. So, now I'm beginning this conversation with Bill Ogden because Tactical Civics right now has all of the tools that we need. All the tools. And then some. Okay? I'm not only a huge advocate, but I'm calling for an absolute national security emergency. That in every county jurisdiction, they've been killing people with remdesivir. You're going to hear from Dr. Peter McCullough after I finish with Bill Ogden. And you know what Dr. Peter McCullough is going to say? Two things. Number one, that these vaxes, you're blaming Pfizer and Moderna. Guess what? They didn't even make the vaccine. The military did. Military contractors made the vaccine. They gave it to Pfizer. They gave it to Moderna. And they just put their label on it. Coca-Cola put their label on. It's, it's as if the military designed the flavor of Coca-Cola with the secret ingredients. And they said, Coca-Cola, you got a rec recognizable brand. Let's slap it. Because it's, it's easier for us to go to the American public and have them stick their arm out. Because Pfizer has been spending money. And people feel confident that you guys are in big pharma. And you're now the military designed the vax they put the pfizer label on it they put the moderna label on it they put the um, other pharmaceutical companies labels on it and each of them giving having a different flavor of vaccine and they're using human beings as experiments he's going to say that the second thing he's going to say is that who said do not inject people with remdesivir it has a 54 to 85% kill rate. That's murder. Don't do that. What did Fauci and Ralph Barrick do? They rolled out a protocol into the hospitals. The hospital said, let's inject everyone with remdesivir. And they were killing people. We have prima facie evidence that they knowingly injected uh, people with stuff at the hospitals. The hospitals didn't even Google to find out the WHO said, do not insert inject people with remdesivir they're going to die there's a high probability prima facie evidence of murder who's investigating this when's the last time you heard a sheriff open up a criminal investigation i have all of the evidence when's the last time you heard that somebody died of remdesivir and there was a murder investigation that was opened up by the uh, local law enforcement when's the last time you heard that you don't all right so here's what I'm going to say. I want the county grand jury. I want them to start opening up investigations, issuing uh, based on probable cause. We have prima facie evidence that they did this knowingly and killed people in every jurisdiction. I want these people at the hospitals arrested for perpetrating murder upon the American people. 
over 600,000 people died from the jab. That's set aside the remdesivir. Do we, the people, have the power to do this? Well, let's let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, Bill Ogden, I, uh, I, I certainly hope that the answer that you're going to give me, because I'm so starved for this information, do the people have the power to enforce the law here in the United States of America? Sir, welcome and good morning. Good morning, Pete. Good to see you again. Good to see you, too. Well, uh, you, you laid out a lot of crimes there. It'd be good to put that in front of the grand jury somewhere, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm just, I'm not in law enforcement, uh, but, but then again, now I need to put myself in law enforcement because I know that people have died, okay, uh, on one side with the COVID thing. Remdesivir, we have prima facie. I have emails that they knew what they were doing. Ralph Barrick. And Anthony Fauci have correspondence. They knew what the death rate was of remdesivir. The WHO, Dr. Peter McCullough said yesterday, the WHO said, do not administer remdesivir. What did they do? They did it anyway, knowing it was going to kill people. So they knowingly installed a protocol uh, 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 having full knowledge of what it was going to do, that it was going to kill 54% or greater of everyone they injected them with and likely put them on a ventilator because it, you know, there's a high probability it's going to cause renal failure, put you on a ventilator. They're making $500,000 in that transaction and people were dying and they bragged behind the scenes saying the profits were going to follow. Um, so I want that investigated. If one person died, I want it investigated and hold the people accountable. So that's one thing. Secondly, I don't know about you, uh, but I read the Constitution. I know you did, but I'm being facetious. I have a right to not be searched and seized without a valid lawful warrant. I'm not talking about lying to get one, okay? But there's probable cause that I've committed a crime, and that information that they need to get will will show uh, that there's evidence that they're suspicions uh, that their evidence in the probable cause requires a search and you tell the judge and the judge signs off on the warrant that is a constitutional protection that keeps tyranny at bay they're violating that right now with all of this surveillance technology that they're using the designation of domestic terrorism this is happening to half of americans in the united states of america so just those two things alone can we please enforce the law do we have the power to do that Yes, we do. Tactical civics exists to organize the population and to educate the population in the, that which they have forgotten uh, or never knew. And uh, the, the items you've been listing for the last many minutes come under the heading of long train of abuses and usurpations as, as uh, listed in the Declaration of Independence. Those and many other uh, uh, crimes have been committed, whether it's petty theft, whether it's uh, false documents, fall, uh, unlawful search, uh, just wholesale ignoring uh, of the Bill of Rights. All these things go on because we're missing a branch of government. And uh, if you ask anybody to name the branches of government, they'll name three. 
The fourth branch that they don't name, if you ask them, is there a fourth branch, they'll think about it and say, well, that's the media. No, the media is not part of government. The fourth branch, the, the superior branch government, is the people. Mm-hmm. By virtue of defeating the British in the revolution, the mantle of government fell upon the shoulders of we the people. We are sovereign collectively, not individually, but collectively. This is our country. We are sovereign here. We rejected the king. Uh, in, in those days, we have no king but Jesus was the outcry. Amen. The problems that are existing in the world today, uh, David Zuniga at Tactical Civics will tell you, is because we are living under God's judgment. And he'll cite Romans chapter 13, verses 18 to the end. And uh, Paul, when railing against the Romans, said that you knew God was real, but you rejected him and worshiped those sticks and inanimate objects. So God has given you over to your stupidity. The condition we're in is the stupid state given we've been given over to. And if you look around what's happening, there's all kinds of stupid stuff going on. And uh, there's a, a psychologist named Chipolo that wrote the basic laws of human stupidity. Always and inevitably, everyone underestimates the number of stupid individuals in circulation. The probability that a certain person be stupid is independent of any other characteristic of that person. A stupid person is a person who causes losses to another person or group of persons while himself deriving no gain or even possibly incurring losses. Non-stupid people always underestimate the damaging power of stupid individuals. In particular, non-stupid people consistently forget at all times and places and under any circumstances to deal and or associate with stupid people infallibly turns out to be a costly mistake. A stupid person is the most dangerous type of person. They're far more dangerous than a bandit. When you read Romans, you know, you know we can argue uh, theology anywhere, anytime, anybody wants, but it's inescapable that the stupidity that we were given over to in the times of Rome is what's infecting us now. Think about people who aren't satisfied with their gender and literally mutilate themselves in an effort to be something they're not. You know, they'll call it hate speech, but it sounds stupid to me. And it's just one of a list of things that goes on. Uh, One of the things that Paul listed is that although they are as fools, they think themselves wise. That was a characteristic of stupid people. And so all this goes on. Uh, What we have to do is we have to uh, uh, repent. Repentance is a change of attitude and a change of behavior. And we have to turn back to do what we were always supposed to do. And this is just common sense stuff. The farm expression is, I'd have had a better garden this year if I'd attended to the weeds in May and June. We have chores that we're supposed to do to keep this country. When Franklin came out of the hall and the woman asked him on the sidewalk, what kind of a government did you give us, Dr. Franklin? His answer famously was, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. Mm -hmm. And we often quote the republic end of it to make that point. But it was the if you can keep it point that I'm thinking was the important one. And you can keep it means, madam, you have certain tasks and obligations to attend to 
if you expect to have this republic over time. And those tasks, just like uh, uh, the tasks that we were given as kids, those are the life skills that you learn, the chores that you do, the stewardship that you exercise if you're going to expect to have something nice to leave to your descendants. You know, we've been on the land up here a couple hundred years, and I'm the owner for whatever that's worth. But when I think of ownership, it's a lot less that I have this thing and a lot more that I am responsible for this thing. I am responsible for the water here. I'm responsible for the soil here. I'm responsible for the wildlife here, the conditions here. And more importantly, I'm responsible to leave something of value for the people that come after me because I'm only going to be here for a few decades more. And so I must be a good steward of that which has been entrusted to me. You know what happens to people that aren't good stewards? They lose everything they have. And so in terms of keeping a republic. Oh, hold on. Hold on a second, Bill. Uh, you just uh, I, I'm, I'm confused. I thought the Department of Interior and their army of Bureau of Land Management people were the stewards. Uh, those are the people we refer to as they and they don't live here. Yeah. We live here and we care about it because we live here. You know, uh, we're not a bunch of ignorant hillbillies looking to despoil the very landscape upon which we live. You know, we're, uh, we're uh, not looking to uh, foul our own waters, poison ourselves. And at some point, people who think themselves wise but are as fools think that from afar they can regulate how we do things here as if they know a better way using their satellite technologies and such. No, they don't. And, uh, uh, by, by the way, can I emphasize one point? I'm sorry to inter interject no, no, or interrupt. No, no, no. Guess what? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, write this down. Anybody uh, wants to challenge you on this, okay, this um, establishing who has or who is the best steward of the land, um, the Lord wrote in Genesis 1, verses 26 through 31. You ready? It's clearly established. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. It is God's law clearly established in Genesis. And if the Bureau of Land Management puts a gun in your face, like he did to a bunch of us okie dokes in 2014, we say, be careful what you do there. You're pointing guns at unarmed protesters who are trying to enforce the law. We have dominion. We're the best stewards. Uh, don't do that, uh, simply put. It is clearly written. It's in the con, backed up by the Constitution. God's law, backed up by the Constitution. The Bureau of Land Management uh, is nowhere in the Constitution, <laughs> period. Um, they do not have dominion uh, over all such things. There are two things that you just addressed. The tactical, tactical civics exists to uh, remind people. One is what you read from Genesis. And two is uh, asking the question about a given entity. What's the constitutional authority for that? Where in the job description that my ancestors wrote, did you find your authority for the Bureau of Land Management, the 
Department of Energy, Department of Education. Uh, out west, it's the BLM. Out east, it's the EPA, both of which are housed somewhere else. They don't live here. Uh, they don't know anything about us, but they seek to rule over us from afar. Uh, these are at, at best state functions, certainly not federal functions. But the problem is that the stewards of the country, the people, have neglected teaching uh, the next generation how this country is designed to work and what our responsibilities are. And so we move backwards in time to the Federalist Papers, back when we were uh, quote unquote selling the Constitution to the citizenry. They would put an editorial or a letter in the paper for the uh, farmer to read. Picture this, the guy's been in his fields all day, he's come in for supper, and by lantern light, he's reading this article uh, that becomes one of the Federalist Papers uh, to discuss with his family and his peers as to whether this Constitution thing's a good idea. And he, having been educated in a one-room school, if that, maybe at home by firelight, he had uh, the intellectual power and the vocabulary to understand what he read. He knew current court cases, pending laws, and other things. He was involved civically enough that he could pass judgment on this. Do that anywhere. Go to a convenience store and start asking questions. You know, it, it's a source of humor on late night shows and news shows to do the man in the street interview where they ask him basic questions like how many states are there? Name the last five presidents. And, and people just can't do it. Well, why can't they do it? Well, they don't know, obviously. But why don't they know? Well, they don't want to know. Might be one part of it. They weren't motivated to know. Might be part of it. The people that were responsible for causing them to want to know and know maybe didn't do the job and i'm not going to blame uh educators unless you call educators who they really are and that's that's families my phrase is if you want your kids or grandkids to know something you'd better tell them because that's the only way they're going to know and, and so it becomes a transmission of knowledge and culture within the family structure within the community structure to let people know what their history is what their constitution is, what their obligations are, and then begin to work together to manifest those. Uh, all the long train of abuses and usurpations need to be dealt with. Too often, individuals in this country try to deal with it one at a time. We've seen too much John Wayne, too much Marshall Dillon, too much Lone Ranger, and we charge all by ourselves into the face of overwhelming state power and we are swatted down, we are abused, our rights are violated, whatever happens to the individual. And, and that simply is not how we should approach this. We should approach this from a we standpoint. We, the people, need to all uh, be on the same page to enforce our own constitution. The constitution is the chief law of the land. Marbury versus Madison said if it's repugnant to the constitution, it is no law at all. We need to have those intellectual tools ourselves and then begin to calmly, peacefully, uniformly insist on that's the way things are. Because in the Constitution, we gave ourselves that authority because we already had it. Now, the grand jury thing that exists at the county level has a thousand year history. It was in England. We brought it here. We had it through the colonial period. We had it through the constitutional period. There's a book called The People's Panel, The Grand Jury from 1641 to 1943, that tactical civics 
has put in reprint. If you want to read grand jury histories from all across the Republic, it's there. It was quite common. It's how business was done. Community had people come together to evaluate things to determine whether or not uh, they were operating as they should. It is the check in the balance on uh, governmental uh, over overreach, underreach, uh, failing to do their job. When I see people going to a school board meeting and they're granted two minutes and they talk to folks who are mute, who just look at them and then do something else, you have to wonder you know, if the approach is correct. Why are, you, why are you listing the crime to the criminals? This goes to the grand jury. The grand jury, and I'll just give you some basic, grand jury is drawn from the voter rolls we have to teach this to, to people. There's only one thing that most citizens know about jury duty. And that one thing is they can get out of it with a note from their employer. We have to start countering that. It is a responsibility to do jury duty service. People need to know there's a grand jury, an investigative body, and a petite jury, which rules on guilt or not guilt. Uh, they need to know the difference. People need to know that the petite jury rules on not just whether or not the crime occurred, but whether the law is sound. We put that in place in this country because the king was making the laws, the king was seating the judges, but we had the 12 people in the jury box to protect ourselves from a crown that was across the ocean that was abusing and usurping over here. The jury rules on, this is the petite jury, uh, this is a jury of your peers, 12 people that say, well, we know Pete, he wouldn't have done that. Or they say, we know Pete, and if he did do that, he had a good reason, not guilty. Or we know Pete, he did that, but the law is flawed, not guilty. It's called jury nullification. And right now, if you're a lawyer or a judge, your head's blown up because you don't want the people to know about jury nullification. They'll even instruct juries not to do it. And yet it is our right as jurors as citizens, as the people, to rule on the law as well as whether or not a crime was committed. Grand, tactical civics exists to teach these things. Tactical civics exists to organize the people so that they know enough to be able to operate these organs of government, the juries, uh, to oversee their government. When a grand jury is seated, they're sworn by the judge. Then the judge leaves the room. The grand jury in the courthouse is equal to the judge, superior to the sheriff, superior to the district attorney. All resources of the courthouse are available to the grand jury. They can issue subpoenas. They can investigate whether they will. They can issue search warrants. And then uh, at that point, we have to decide who's going to serve the search warrant. If we're investigating crime, imagine we're investigating crime city manager in the city next door. Can the city police effectively serve a search warrant on someone who might be their boss? And the answer is probably not. So we also need to restore the county militia. The county militia was the law enforcement people that existed before we had paid militia. These are folks, they're not skinheads with AR 15s looking to go kill John and Beth Dutton this season on Yellowstone. Can I can These I add something to that? Can I add something to that? Uh, we have it. Yeah, we, ha sure 
Yeah, we, we have it well documented, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, it's my show, but my show is all about educating. And, I, you know, I'm stopping the education process to further educate, of course, so I'm interjecting. There is absolute documented proof that the militia being so powerful, okay, a well-regulated militia um, being necessary, right, to a free state, of course. The, the, the power of the people that exists in the Constitution was so powerful that Merrick Garland, okay, helped oversee, he was single-handedly responsible for covering up the government's involvement uh, in perpetrating Oklahoma City. What was the purpose of Oklahoma City? To bring down the militia. It was the biggest event. It was one of the biggest bombs that they were ever involved in exploding. Of course, they went on uh, 1993 to do that. But here's here's my point. Operation PatCon, the intelligence services, infiltrating the militia because it is so powerful that anything you ever heard about the militia, if you think, oh my goodness, don't say militia, that has a negative connotation to it because for decades they've been trying to create that in your brain. Uh, they've been trying to demonize them. So there's been an organized effort by the federal government knowing full well my goodness, we can't exist tyrannically with the militia down to the county level uh, and, and, and a sheriff, you know, with a, a posse that he can deputize those militia. We can't we can't be tyrannical with that in our way. We need to reverse that. The militia is the power and we the people. And guess what? It was set forth in our U.S. Constitution. Full stop. Period. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 800-year history, once again, existed in Britain, came here with the colonists, existed here up, up through time. Uh, the the uh, Civil War was a war between militias. You know, those various states sent their various troops, they were called up. Uh, in the Constitution, in the enumerated powers of Congress, I believe it's number eight, it says Congress shall call forth the militia. Call forth means it's already constituted. Shall call forth the militia to enforce the various laws, uh, put down insurrections, and repel invaders, all of which would be rather handy over the last several years. The militia is part of history. And this the history is what tactical civics exists to teach. People don't know what they don't know. I like to go to the story of Gideon, which, which uh, is a little bit before the founding of the country. But when Gideon uh, uh, got a reaction out of the Midianites and they came back to oppress him, he blew the shofar. And every man and boy who could carry a sword within earshot of that horn responded. 32,000. 32,000 people came to face unknown danger because the call went out. That sounds like a militia group to me. Uh, and, and then the, the story goes on and tells some things. Uh, in my day, we called the Minutemen. We heard that the Minutemen were ready. They kept a mus musket by the doorframe. And when Paul Revere came riding through, they all rallied on the green and went and faced danger. An analogous group might be the volunteer firemen who serve their community. When the alarm goes off, they get the equipment and go and face danger on our behalf. Um, the purpose of militia is to support the grand jury where the grand jury is working against oppressive government forces and paid law enforcement has a conflict of interest. 
the militia can simply serve a search warrant, in other words. Uh, it's not open warfare in the streets, and people that construe it that way uh, are just sadly either mistaken or openly corrupt. Mm -hmm. The amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Currently, the argument and discussions over the right of the people to keep and bear arms because they've effectively cut off thinking and discussion about the well-regulated militia. Uh, uh, when we, we restore the one, we will we, not be threatened on the other. Got, uh, 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 recite that again. A second, uh, a well-regulated militia being a necessary. Militia being necessary. necessary. Stop. Right necessary. There. there you go. Say that word again. Necessary. For a. For the security of a free state. Period. Right. For oh, being necessary. Oh comma. That's right. I say period. Uh, sorry, it, there's a comma there. But being necessary for the security of a free state. That's why they've been trying to undo it because they don't want a free state. They want 535 people from 10 square miles in Washington, D.C. to lord over tens of millions of people and, and basically not have a free state, take away the freedom of the state, correct? That's correct. Uh, somehow, someone has interpreted that we elected our uh, people to, to rule us. We did not elect people to rule us. We are Americans. Uh, we are self-governed. We are self-reliant. We are, in many cases, self-educated. Uh, we, the people, again, are sovereign. Those folks were hired as our public servants. What we did is we uh, got sufficient numbers in our populations as we be began to delegate certain authorities to certain groups of peoples on our behalf. We never surrendered the responsibility. That's not stewardship. We simply hired folks to do things so that we could go on about our business uh, uh, running our free enterprise operations. Uh, you know, we had law enforcement so that we didn't have to carry a gun while we we're trying to run a plow and so on. Um, this is all part of the development of a society, but we never surrendered the authority from ourselves. We simply delegated the authority. And the delegation of authority, uh, the top down of this is we the people, the municipal and county levels, the state levels, and last and least the federal levels. Federal is the least of these. And I'll give you an example, current events, uh, a couple of them that'll uh, I'll let you see it. When uh, Trump was president and the riots were going on out in Portland, he said, we could stop that. We'd stop in 24 hours. We'd stop it so good, but they got to ask me. And I'm thinking, is that a few good men where Jack Nicholson's character says, but you got to ask me nicely, because that's what I thought was going on. And no, the federal government can't just come showing up without an invitation of the state, the governor. Well, is that true? Is that really true? Down in Florida, they redid their congressional districts and some of their voting regulations and the federal election commission said we're just going to come down there and monitor your election and make sure you people are doing everything right and the governor said the first of you that crosses the state line will be sitting in jail so nobody went from the federal election commission hmm. why wouldn't they go well that be because the state had the authority there not the federal government you go down another notch where they're fighting corruption in a county or a municipality, people will say, why don't they bring in the state attorney general? 
Why doesn't he come in and do something? He can't come unless the county DA invites him. Who has the authority then? The county trumps the state, the state trumps the federal, but that's not how they want you to see it. There's a tremendous amount of effort and energy to make people think the whole world revolves around Washington. And of course, New York and Los Angeles, but the whole world revolves around Washington. It does not. The whole world revolves around the citizenry. It is the people that make this country great. Tactical civics exists, again, to remind folks about Locke, Montesquieu, de Tocqueville, uh, the great authors from the past. You know, de Tocqueville said America is great because its people are great and the people cease being great. So, well, you know, we've got to teach that. We've got to uh, inure culture back in our citizens. One of the things we've done is we've produced a primer called The Great We Set, written by David Zuniga. Mm-hmm. First 102 pages lay out a plan uh, as to how we're going to uh, restore control, oversight back in our government. And I want to walk through this really quickly. Um, we have a, a, a real nice plan. First and foremost is organized. We want numbers. There's any number of people who are having problems with whatever their project is that are trying to call out the folks in support and my question is always, wouldn't it have been good to have the people first? So we're going to organize the numbers first. We're going to have a chapter in every county. We're looking to build a minimum of one half of 1% of your county population in a tactical civics chapter. <laughs> tactical civics chapters are uh, organizing and education organizations. Uh, it is our job to help you learn what a county grand jury does, what a grand juror does, how to operate it, what to do there, uh, what, what the rules are. Because if we don't do that, the grand jurors will get their instruction from the judge and or the district attorney. You know when they say a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich? Mm -hmm. That's because they let the ham give them the instructions. Ah. The DA comes in in New York and says, here's what you're going to do if you want to get out of here for lunch. And the people, because they don't know anything, just do what they're told. Okay, they just do what they're... That's not how this runs. It's up to us to know how to operate our government. So once we hit our numbers, and we're accelerating our numbers, Pete, since uh, Ann Vandersteel was on your show about two weeks ago, the registrations began to roll in where people said, yeah, I heard about it on Pete Santilli. We had a big run of them over the weekend. Thank you. It's not just you, but you've become part of a machine that's hitting on every cylinder, and we're adding cylinders. We're growing in numbers. We're accelerating right now. Amen. This is a thing that's going to happen. This isn't wishful thinking. We're doing this. We're gathering up the people because there's uh, across this republic, there are more people interested in stopping the abuses and usurpations than there are in continuing to inflict them. And that's always the case. You know, one bad apple and all that. We have all the old expressions. We're going to do several things. Once we're up and running and organized, we're going to uh, pass ordinances in the county to restore the grand jury, restore the county militia. They'll have web pages on the county government website where people can read about them, sign up about them. If you have a complaint for the grand jury, you can process it there. We're going to stand those up. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to press for the passage of uh, what was the First Amendment, the only one Washington liked, limiting federal congressional districts to 50,000 people. Currently, it's about three quarters of a million. That's why you're not really represented. At 50,000, tactical civics will have a role in identifying and vetting those people. We're going to send 6,800 people to Washington 
They don't have office space or a meeting hall. They'll probably get sworn in in a football stadium. And because we've uh, been working with them, we're going to ask these new representatives to pass the Bring Congress Home Act, which will create the first distributed legislature in world history. They demonstrated they could go to Congress by Zoom, like we're doing. They demonstrated they could do that. They can live and work in the district where the people elected. Right. But when they do that, they will be in county jurisdiction. When they violate their oath or present an unconstitutional law and they will not retract it, they can be indicted by the county grand jury and they will go to state court, not federal court. State court has some teeth. And very simply, when you take an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States and then you begin to try to legislate contrary to that oath, that's perjury. Perjury is a felony. The grand jury can do a presentment on that. You can have a petite jury trial and a special election to find the replacement. Uh, and suddenly control is back among the population. When we pull them out of Washington, no more townhouse in Alexandria, no more boyfriend, girlfriend on the side, no more lavish dinners and drinks with lobbyists. If the lobbyists want to meet with the congressperson, they can do it at the diner in town. We'll sit and watch. We can even put it in a paper. Our guy's meeting with Raytheon. He must be a big deal. And suddenly it's fun again. If we've been accused of being fascists, and maybe we are when we have big business in bed with big government, when we distribute the legislature, we break that. We break it all up because we take control of the legislature again, mm -hmm. the fascism stops. That's right. And suddenly, instead of being governed against our will based on corporate interests on K Street, we're governed according to our will because we see the congressman walking up the sidewalk to his right. car or sitting in church or going to breakfast. And we say, hey, congressman, what's the deal with? And maybe we even show a little interest for once in the, in the legislation. You were going to interject something. Yes. Just very quickly, uh, we have questions coming in. And uh, Bill, uh, do you have a, what they call a hard out? Do you have to leave at the top of the hour? No. Okay, this is what I'd like to do. On a regular basis, I want to reserve X number of minutes at the tail end uh, to have our subscribers, who right now we're collecting, we've already put the word out, they're asking questions. I'm going to give you a statement here and continue to drop your questions. Our team will be posting them. Uh, Lori, this is a statement, by the way, Lori Medic, uh, I am training now with Tactical Civics, and I'm so pumped up for this. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, and, and Bill, so at the end, um, I'd like to reserve some time for questions and answers, and I want to do that on a weekly basis, all right? Now watch this, folks. When you join Tactical Civics, okay, uh, you'll be taken to a page to join your local chapter, right? So I'm in Ohio, and I'm going to bring my MRAP to an Ohio State chapter meeting. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. We don't need that. Actually, our greatest weapon, our greatest armament, our greatest defense against this thing is upon us. You want to know what it is, Bill? And I'm going to throw back to you. It's 3,300 counties. We scatter like cats and we bring our power up and we take the pyramid where those people that are lording over us, pooping down on we the people, and we invert it. And that's what it's all about. That's what I'm all about. Uh, we're going to take the power back and we're going to do it. We're not talking about tomorrow. 
We're talking about right now. Go to tacticalcivics.com. Get a local chapter. Our objective is to have boots on the ground in every single county. They don't have enough people to subvert and overthrow us anymore. We the people totally outnumber them. Mr. Bill Ogden. Uh, and once again, it comes to where do I bring my grievance? You know, mm -hmm. the municipalities uh, got some corruption. Do I go to the municipal meeting and tell them they're corrupt? They already know. Uh, do I go to the police to work for the municipal? No, you go to the grand jury. We the people have the authority to exercise oversight. Up, up to and including uh, up to and including Congress. For instance, everyone needs to stop saying, and I have all of my good friends, they're all very smart people and they're very well organized. They keep going to D.C. Washington, D.C. holding weaponization hearings. It's like the mafia having an internal investigation. They, in the end, will find no wrongdoing. Always. It's, it's funny for a population that's been distracted by bread and games this long to insist on wanting to play road games with Congress. Why don't we bring them to the county? You know, why don't we come to the county courthouse and have fun where there's no limo parking or there's no big fancy hotels with restaurants in them? You know, come to town and we'll try your case down here in the county courthouse. See how you like that. Maybe you can go sit in our local jail. You know, we play a whole different game when we decide to play on our turf. And I'm not looking to have endless court cases. I'm not looking to, uh, to persecute my enemies. I'm looking to restore law and order. And law and order is what the decent people have always had and have always wanted. And invariably, it appears that it's the public servants or some thereof who are violating that law and order. Once we stand up or grand juries pass that, constitutional amendment do the bring congress home act we can then start working on that wish list of things that are contained in rob lane's song rob lane is a poet uh, as as a lyricist it's just brilliant and brian bowermaster who shot that video depicts america and the county grand jury process as well as as it could be depicted anywhere uh <clears throat> we've got to build numbers now and uh, you should be aware that uh, the last week in tactical civics, the accelerating numbers, I think we're up over 40% of the counties now. Uh, we've exceeded our annual goal by at least at least 25% so far, and the year's not over yet. Uh, it's pretty exciting times because people are catching on. This is how it's not, this will work. Of course, this will work. It worked for a thousand years. This yes. is how it's done. But we have to teach it. Tactical civics exists to teach people these processes. Uh, you said about smash the red button. Absolutely smash the red button. For your viewers, and I know that Pete Santilli viewers are educated viewers, and they have a, very, a varied diet of information sources. If you watch Scott McKay, you'll hear about tactical civics. If you watch Ann Vandersteel, you'll hear about tactical civics. If you watch, I can run a list. Kevin Hoyt on Deer Hunting TV. <laughs> You'll hear about tactical civics because it's the solution or set of solutions we've been looking for. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, Pete, I have some historical perspective to close with, but I want to handle questions before I close. Mm -hmm. So, well, uh, here's here's what I like to do: uh, the idea industrial complex in my brain. 
Uh, it's just, it's, it's flourishing. It's just uh, overwhelming. Uh, the execution part is what I want to suggest here. You ready? Um, Scott McKay, Ann Vandersteel, whole host of people that now I want to bring uh, Colonel, retired Colonel John, uh, uh, John Mills on. Colonel Mills, I want to bring him on. This is what I'd like to do. Uh, 2024, undoubtedly, and I think you will agree with this if I'm overstating this, let me know will be the year, okay, that we're going to take the power back. We're going to do that. It's going to be the most critical year. We're going to. We're going to take the power back and put it in the hands of we the people and do so peacefully, constitutionally. Um, so I'm calling it retribution. And retribution is not an inappropriate term. Holding those accountable uh, that have committed wrongful or unlawful, right, criminal acts, against the United States of America. So retribution is not bad. Um, but I'm going to do, uh, I'd like to do a uh, retribution marathon. Focus on one thing, tactical civics. I'm going to invite Scott McKay on and Vandersteel. Before the end of the year, we're going to do a marathon. We're going to have a whole host of people. We'll have you on. We'll have people. We'll invite them all. And we'll go for, let's say, a 12-hour session. Just a full education. And it's going to be a campaign drive, every single person. I think we can have uh, boots on the ground in every single county. We should do this before the end of the year. And guess what? We're off and running into 2024. What do you think about that? So last night I, I got Scott on the phone. Um, and he said, we need to do a round table. When you're on with Pete tomorrow, Tell them that Pete and Ann and I and you should do a roundtable. We'll do oh, yeah. it on Pete's platform yeah. uh, or whatever. So yeah. great minds are thinking alike right now. Retribution Marathon, right? And, ret and Retribution Marathon, and we'll talk about it. We'll define it. Retribution is not a bad thing. Anybody that opposes retribution is committing wrongful or criminal acts against the United States of America. We need to have them submit their drone coordinates, you know, um, uh, or identify who they are because they're concerned about being held accountable to, let's say, the citizen's grand jury uh, for wrongful or criminal acts against the United States of America. So a retribution marathon, and let's do an education and, and a campaign drive. We need 3,300 counties. Listen, our combined audiences between Scott McKay and Vandersteel, myself, a whole host of others, is in the millions in the millions there's no reason why we can't put one person in every single county don't you agree i agree yeah i agree so uh, the power is in us and bill uh, um let's segue uh give you final commentary here now you know when i use strong language um it's not even violent right-wing rhetoric at all. I believe that this is the most peaceful path to restoring our constitutional republic. I really believe that. And guess what? I'm suggesting that, um, you know, having the militia, I'm a huge advocate for it because I'm a law and order constitutional kind of guy. And it actually requires, it's necessary <laughs> to the security of a free state. Uh, so in that spirit, I believe that we can also say enough is enough and we can stand shoulder to shoulder in a candlelight vigil and say, if you want our way of life, you want to destroy our country, you got to get past us. We, we, the people will stand there in a candlelight vigil. And guess what? We're boldly and unapologetically going to state that we do so in the name of the almighty king of the universe, Jesus Christ.
Anybody have a problem with that? Come forward. Identify yourself. Final comment, and then we'll go to Q&A. Go ahead. One of the functions of grand jury is proctoring. Just remember when the teacher walked between the desks while you were taking the test to make sure you didn't cheat. You weren't cheating, but they were still watching. The grand jury can do that. They can look into things just to make sure they're operating as designed. That's called supervision. That's called oversight. That's called checking before you write the check. You know, my dad tells the story. County fair was at the end of the week. They had to go down and hoe all the cornfield. And uh, he said, the sickest feeling I ever had was noon Saturday when we thought we were done. And I looked down and saw my dad walking those cornrows. You go and you check to make sure the work was done the way it's supposed to be done. That's just common sense. And yet common sense ain't too common. And that's where I started, stupidity. But I'm not, I'm, I'm calling on people to step up. We have been coasting, in my opinion. Yes, we have. The founders and the founding generation, the folks that set us free. You know, there's an expression you hear, and it's a good expression, and I'm not going to demean or diminish it. But, you know, all gave some and some gave all, and that's usually with respect to the veterans, and I respect the veterans. Go back to the founding generation and look what was done so that you and I could be free, so that you and I could have a candy apple at Christmas, so that you and I could play golf, so that you and I could, you know, do bread and games. Look at what they did and the stories that come out of there about public virtue, about what the people did so that we could be free are amazing. And there's two I want to tell as a wrap up. Uh, this is Christmas time and uh, a plan was derived to invade New Jersey where the British mercenaries, the Hessians, were having their big Christmas bash. And the, the people that did strategy came to Washington, laid out the plans to cross the Delaware at night and do an invasion. And they said, this will be a hinge point for the war because we've been losing up to now. But if we can pull this off, it'll change the initiative and we will, we will be able to rout them. And Washington looked at the plans and he saw that, that that was accurate, it would work. And then he heaved a heavy sigh. And he said, all is lost, for we have no boats, we have no shot, we have no powder. Somebody bring me Robert Morris. Now, Robert Morris was the wealthiest man in the colonies. He was a Pennsylvania guy. And Robert Morris, from time to time, would get called by Washington to go and, and Morris funded or raised funds for the Continental Army to keep this thing afloat. And Morris came and he looked at the plans and he said, well, the problem I have is whether it's through bad business decisions or charity, I've dissipated my fortune. But he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go and secure loans for you. And so Morris went out and he, he went to the creditors, none of whom would loan money to the Continental Army because it wasn't going to win. They were sure it wasn't going to win. So Morris looked at the creditors and said, well, will you loan the money to me? And to a man, they said, yeah, we'll loan you the money. So Morris secured the money, the shot, the powder, the boats. The invasion was had. The surprise was good. The Hessians were routed. And we went on to win the war. Robert Morris went to debtor's prison. 
where he lived out the rest of his life. He got out 30 days before he died. The wealthiest man in the colonies died a debtor, setting us free. It wasn't just him. The British were the empire. They, they had a system of colonization. We saw it later in India where they'd bring the resources back to Britain, process them, and turn around and sell them back in the colonies. They were doing that here. And so when the Brits were here, they had gold that they could use to resupply themselves. And they would go into the shops or farms or wherever and buy stuff. And, of course, you'd sell to them because if you didn't, they'd just take it. They were an imperial power. And so the, the uh, Continental Congress passed a suggestion, a request, and they asked the shopkeepers, rather than sell your supplies to the British and keep them in the field, we're asking you to destroy your inventory. And so the people went, husband and wife and children, they went into their stores and they poured the kerosene and tossed a match and they burned their stores to the ground. And the farmers went out in the field and poured the kerosene and tossed the match and burned their crops facing winter and possible starvation. That's what people did then. So you and I can sit in the warmth and talk about this. Oh, yes. And now it's time for another generation, a second founding generation, to stand up, to stand side by side, to learn what they have forgotten, what our forefathers gave to us, and begin to restore this nation, this gift that we were given. Amen to that. All right. Now, what we're going to do, questions coming in on the other side. And Bill, what I'd like you to do, um, we'll go at your pace and then just let me know. We'll take the last question. That'll be my cue, right? And then, and then we'll close up. We're going to go into uh, an extended uh, session. If you're tuned in on Lindell TV and Frank's speech, this is a special broadcast, uh, kind of like a stepping stone to something that we're going to do retribution marathon 2024 we need to get geared up for 2024 ladies and gentlemen and we're going to do it in a big way and we're going to there's no reason why we the people can't assemble peacefully a group of people one person in every county in the united states of america getting ready for the most important year in our nation's history ladies and gentlemen so stay right there. We're going to take a, a break. We're going to step away. And we're going to be right back with questions and answers. Be in our locals um, uh, community. Well, I'm going to have Bill go in there as well. Um, next time he's on, he'll be able to see your questions as they come in. Lindell TV, Frank Speech, you're welcome to join us over at Rumble. We'll be right back. Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Are you prepared for life's Lockdowns, unexpected twists and turns? Disasters. Lockdowns, natural disasters. All right, uh, Bill, I'm just going to step away for a minute, okay? Um, and uh, by the way, uh, I'm going to make a special note here, all right? I'm going to have you, I'm going to send you an invite to join our uh, subscriber community um, for the chat, right? I just, just so you can focus on one chat, maybe you can have it open. Um, for, today? For, no, uh, next week. We'll worry about okay. that for next week. But between now and next week, you'll be in the chat room. You'll be able to, you'll be able to see questions flying through. Who should I talk to about logistics for these? Yourself, uh, Ashley. Uh, Ashley is just she just books uh, books our appointments and as um, 
You've already you've already seen we we already missed our mark like a scut. But Deb and I are gonna are gonna do that. I want to work directly with you. Okay, because uh, Rob Lane, Brian Bowermaster, I'm I'm organizing some folks uh, so we can get a look at who Tactical Civics is. Yep. It's not right. just me. I'll be back in, in one second. Possibly. Stay right there, okay? Stay right there. Yep. I'll be right back. Uh, let's plan a date. As a matter of fact, um, uh, can I talk to you sometime today between 12 and 2? Yes. All right, good. Let's plan. Fools 29 and twin size just $25. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets. And because of this, I've been able to add more color sizes and even prints. And they're still at closeout prices. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my king size only $39 a set. Queens $35. Full $29 and twin size just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog Whoa, whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35. Or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Okay, uh, guess what? Call it divinely inspired because it is. I mean, coming together with uh, with Bill Ogden, uh, and and then you know, and, and then he sends me a link to Rob Lane's uh, video, and half of the people that are in that video, I was listed as a domestic terrorist with <laughs> that are gathered around that table. And it's such a proud thing. But here's the beautiful part is that uh, through this entire experience, we figured our way through it. Now, after 10 years from Bundy Ranch, all the way up until a federal judge in Nevada signed off on an order saying that the federal government under Obama launched an operation for the purposes of provoking an armed confrontation with the American people. This is two weeks ago. I've been talking about that. So um, uh, do, do, do we have vindication per se that we constitutionalists came together, that we weren't anti-government? We're actually pro-government of mine for the people. We're pro-constitutional government. That when we got together, when Obama put together this task force under the Department of Interior to protect uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's and his and all the other insiders, the cabal's interest in lithium, in uranium, in water, and all 
of the mineral rights and the natural resources that amount to $167 trillion in the United States of America. They want to be able to benefit from selling those proceeds. I say, and a lot of people say, first of all, a lot of people don't even know they have $167 trillion that they're sitting on that belongs to the people. That the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge protest was about telling the government in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, that the federal government cannot own land outside right. of those specific boundaries that we said, you're owning land, you have a deed to land, unlawfully, unconstitutionally, that it should go to the people. Well, the government uh, said no. Uh, Hillary Clinton just took $140 million from Uranium One, so therefore, we're going to send 450 special operations individuals from the FBI to come and shoot and kill everyone. And thank God, but so sadly, uh, they got only one of us. That's Robert LeBoy Fenicum. Uh, but guess what? We haven't stopped. The land belongs to the people. Now, uh, Mr. Ogden, before we go, I've just got just one comment here um that I, i'd like to uh to, to float uh to you the government has always said that their jurisdiction okay is in 432 which is article 4 section 3 paragraph 2 uh where it says that the congress shall have power to dispose of and make all needful rules and regulations respecting that so this has been misinterpreted and it's never been seen by the court of original jurisdiction, which is the Supreme Court. It's never been litigated. So they have been going many, many years saying that 432 gives them absolute power over all of the, the public lands and that's all there is to it. It's all said and done. Well, guess what? That's simply not true because if you go to the Federalist Papers as to how our nation was founded, there were all kinds of flags that were posted and, and there was conquest. We had explorers and they came here and as to title, when we were founded as a nation with all of the states and the respective constitutions, that they had to clear title. And the only way to do that is to say, we hereby clear title, Congress shall have the power over all of this land for the purposes of disposing that land and giving it to the states and starting from scratch. Spain can't come in and say, well, yeah, Louisiana, you know, we, we had rights because we export. No, that, that title was cleared. Congress had the right. And then they disposed of it to the states and cleared title. 432 made that happen. But Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 says that the federal government can only own certain types of land for, right, for post offices, for courts, court, court buildings, right, federal buildings, for military bases, and it's very specific. Outside of that, that land belongs to the states, period. That, that was Cliven's argument. I, I remember hearing him make it. This, the federal government uh, let go of this when we formed the state of Nevada, he said. They're out of it. He said, they're telling me I owe money for services I never requested. He said, this is, I can show you the deed to the water. He said, I can take you out to the stock tanks, show you the initials of the ranchers to put that water in. Yes. And I can show you the documents where I bought the water rights. That's right. We own this, he said. They, and 
uh, of course, he was made to look like an oddball and everything else that, that they always do to rural people who speak common sense. But here's what they miss. You know, uh, they call it an echo chamber. They're just talking back and forth to one another on the coast. Because mm. those of us out here in the middle, we understood what Cliven was saying. Yes. Because he spoke in clear English. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and uh you know, they claim 432. They claim this. They, who, for, who is they? And my question is, hey, they, who do you work for? Mm-hmm. You know, let's start with that. Uh, the analogy I heard used was you come home, you've been out a little bit, you had the 16-year-old in charge. When, uh, when you walk in, you see the three-year-old coloring on the wall with a permanent marker. And downstairs, the 10 and 12-year-old are putting off soft explosive fireworks. And the 16-year-old comes out of the kitchen with a bowl of food or something and says, oh, while you were gone, we voted. There's a moratorium on spankings now. Mm. Sure there is. Sure that. Sure there. Yeah, you right. voted. Okay. Yeah. Because it's null and void. If it's repugnant to the Constitution, it. it is no law at all. Period. That's right. That's that's exactly right. Now, uh, sir, I'm going to. So when you give me that last minute, I do have an important question for you. So to leave, uh, I'd like to, uh, to just reserve a little bit of time. That's a quick question. But I want you to answer it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, RL, oh, I'm sorry. Let me go down here. Uh, Robert Hafey says, here's my question for Mr. Ogden. If we cannot set up a militia, what can we do in my st- if my state has something that says that we can't do militias? Is there such a thing, sir? But answer that for, for Mr. Hafey. Step one. Organize with other like-minded individuals in your tactical civics chapter. Step two, begin reading your founding documents. What you're describing is something that they put in that supersedes a founding document. It's repugnant to the Constitution. It's no law at all. Right. And you have to articulate that and peacefully within your community say, well, this is wrong, it's inappropriate, it's unconstitutional, it's repugnant, so we the people say it is repugnant, and it's null and void, so we'll, we'll change it. Here's here's the, uh, you know, we get this question in various forms all the time about setting up, let's get this militia set up, or where have you set up grand juries, and, you know, we and this time's running out, we're running out of time. And, uh, I spent some years in the gym as a power lifter, I could maybe pick up some some weight. Uh, I'm actually fairly stout, even though I'm old. Uh, and the one thing I did appropriately was I attended. I was there all the time. Three days a week, I'm going to be there somewhere. And when you're there long term, you see a lot of new people come through a gym. And new people uh, are prone to making the same mistake repetitively. And that mistake is they go too heavy, too hard, too soon. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that here. We want to organize ourselves in groups of like-minded people, educate ourselves, and then move. Yeah. The other analogy is Eisenhower put the men, machines, and materials in Britain first. Then he went to Normandy, and he didn't tell the Germans he was coming. He didn't send a dinghy with five guys across to see if it would work. There's a way to organize this and then execute and we have that all drafted. Next question. Amen. Next question. Uh, uh, this is from uh, Duggars123. Would a militia have procurement power for military life-saving inventions? What about organized 
funding. So uh, yeah, monetization. I mean, I, we were talking about the funding of you know of George Washington's efforts. Right? We, we set appendices, militia ordinance. Great, we set available on Amazon. Join Tactical Civics and download it for free. Join Tactical Civics and listen to the audiobook. Great, we set appendices, militia that, ordinance. That's a great point, by the way. Uh, point of emphasis. Uh, you can go to Amazon and buy Mr. Zuniga's books, which are awesome. Uh, and when you join Tactical Civics, you just said that that book that sells for how mu however much on Amazon is free if you're a member of Tactical Civics. They're all free. They're all free, They're all, all of them. Okay, fantastic. I didn't even know that. Wow. All right, that's excellent. JJ NSA, I only have one question. What does he, and that is Mr. Bill Ogden, know about the behind the closed doors information about releasing January 6th prisoners by Christmas? But even still, whether or not you know anything, those folks need to be released. They do. They're being, they're being held as political prisoners and prisoners of war, aren't they? Yes. Road game. You know, where did they go? Foreign country? What did they do? I don't know. They're in a foreign country. You know, I won't go to Mexico. <laughs> it's, I, I just, I'm not going. I'm, you know, California, New York might be foreign countries by now. I'm not going. Um, I don't specialize in knowing the crimes. Mm. I know that there are crimes. How do I solve them? Present those crimes to the grand jury. Bingo. There's a way to articulate this. There's a way to say that there's enough probable cause. Like I've been thinking through. Uh, actually, I'm not going to talk about what I'm thinking through. But there's an appropriate way. Like I, I'll just give an example. I'm not going to say what I'm going to do. I want to go to my sheriff and say I have enough evidence to justify you intervening when the FBI wants to come into your jurisdiction and say we have a warrant to do XYZ and we need to go kidnap somebody within your county and pull them out and take them to Washington, D.C. That that sheriff should have enough information right now that shows that that entity that's doing that, uh, maybe you need to question the... Uh, the legality of how that warrant was obtained. It was obtained by not providing all the information. So you might want to push the pause button and not allow the federal government to do that and to come in with the heavy hand, right? I guess my question for the grand jury would be if the, if the sheriff, who's the chief constitutional officer in my county, allowed a federal authority to come in unlawfully and take one of our citizens, did he not violate the law, and is he not subject to grand jury investigation and presentment? Whoa. Wow. Okay. So the, going the forward. grand jury mm -hmm. is to supervise, regulate, monitor elected officials, yes. of which the sheriff is one. If these people don't have authority to be here, and his job is to stop them from doing those bad things, and he's not doing his job, he can be fired by the people and we don't have to wait for the next election cycle. There we go. We have a process. Now, like you said, going back and investigating what took place, who broke the law, that requires some investigation. The grand jury can do that, and we can take a look at that. But going forward, also, the grand jury can look at uh, future occurrences where the sheriff may be violating the law and say, in the future, if you allow this to take place, 
you're going to be investing. There's a proper way to communicate that to the sheriff to say, in the future, don't allow the federal goons at the FBI. Uh, right now, there's probable cause to believe for us to believe that they're breaking the law themselves. Don't allow the suspected criminals to come in and kidnap people, or you will be under investigation. Is that appropriate? That's appropriate. Okay. It should be taken for granted that, you know, that the when you work for somebody, there's usually a handbook, an employee's handbook, and it says these are your responsibilities, job duties, and you got to do this and you got to do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And if you do those things, there'll be a there'll be a process of review and possibly dismissal. Mm. Why is this any different? That, Why is this any different? You know, you're hired to do a job. Here's what it is. And we, the people, are going to supervise you. Yes. Because you work for us. Yes. I, I just, I fail to see the difficulty. The grand jury, I was chuckling because when you read the people's panel and you go backwards, couple hundred years one of the cases they were deliberating on somewhere is they said pete's tavern is only serving eight ounces of beer in a 10 ounce cup and we think that's dishonest that was literally in front of the grand jury uh because everything is under the purview of the grand jury now tactical civics isn't recommending that but i i find it cute you know they say hey, you know they promised to fill in the potholes and that hasn't been done the people have a right to see to it that things are done the way the people want to see them done. Right. Why did I hire the government to begin with? Yeah. I hired them to maintain the roads. The roads aren't being maintained. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, the federal government, by the way, on full Dolby stereo, pushed the play button when they were trying to convince the judge not to release me. Because I was so belligerent and oppositional and anti-government. They said, we'll give you an example of this. That he says, don't release him. He's a danger to society. And they push play. And they played me saying that the federal government should be limited in power. Right? Of course, protecting our borders. Uh, and filling potholes on interstate freeways. Where there's an argument between one state to the next. They should intervene and say, it's an interstate freeway. We'll fill the potholes. And Based on that, they held me for 619 days because of my anti-government stance. That's funny. I thought they filled the potholes. I thought huh? they gave money to the state to fill them. I thought that's how it worked. Uh, yeah, that's exactly the way it should work. That's right. But uh, let's uh, uh, let, let's go to the next the next question here uh, from Lady Alex, um, Mr. Ogden. I have my book, my orientation appointment. What is the time commitment with the local community? Do they have monthly meetings? There's a lot in the book i think i'd have more questions once i read it so uh if you don't mind before i throw it to you ladies and gentlemen uh, here's my philosophy it's very simple get in where you fit in okay get in where you fit in whatever you can do if you're a good stamp licker if you're a good you know uh, orator if you're a good legal you know researcher whatever it is get in where you fit in a um and and b Right now is not the time to suffer from analysis paralysis. There's so much information. Because we've been asleep at the wheel for so long, it's going to take us a little bit to get back up to speed, of course. But we just need to do it face first. Take action. Take that one step at a time. Baby steps. Baby steps. Right? We're a volunteer organization. From the CEO down, nobody gets paid. We got one guy somewhere in a back office. 
He gets a little bit of money. Everyone else works on their own schedule. You have to determine your own time commitment and your own priority. What exactly was the time commitment of the founders? You know, what did they give? Their, their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor, I guess that was on the line. Right. But you have to make a decision as to relative priority of what you're going to do. As far as where you fit in, I like to, to go to Scripture and say the body has many parts. Some are preachers, some are teachers, some are seers, some are interpreters of dreams. Some bring punk and roll to the meeting. We need those punk and roll people, too. Uh, you know, it's, it's what can you do? As far as learning, there are online classes. When you go to your online training center, you will see Zoom study. Monday night's Jeff Calhoun. I think he's on Chapter 6 or something of the Great We Set. It's classic education where a group of people are reading the same thing at the same time and roundtabling it with a master, someone who's gone through it extensively. They have these in every time zone. Uh so there's any uh, any amount of education you might want. As far as the mechanics of, of building an organization, a community, there's a Wednesday night Zoom study for that. You'll also find that on your online training center. Read the book, best place to start. That orientation you had, somebody's going to call you back for a second orientation, presumably after you've read the book. So that'll help you. Get up to speed and don't sweat the small stuff. Mm -hmm. And look at it when you go to tacticalcivics.com, uh, so you can go back to it. You'll see to learn more, join our weekly Sunday call every Sunday night at 7 p.m. CST 701 801 6055. You'll find that at tacticalcivics.com. But the first thing you do uh, is you watch this 11 minute video when you arrive there. Watch that. Join the call. Let's go. All right, sir. Ready? Sunday night call is for anybody, members or not. Last week, they covered constitutional courts. This week's going to be good, too. Yeah. And uh, a word of notice to my good friends at the Intel Services that make it a habit of declaring people, you know, they say sovereign citizens. I've heard this before. Sovereign citizens are domestic terrorists. Every single category of people that you can put on the domestic terrorist list does what? Well, we know from our cases in the Bundy Ranch trials that the reason why you do that, it gives you legal authority to spy on everybody, stopping a spy agency. And I'm going to tell you, if you do not have probable cause and somebody that you suspect has committed a crime, an individual, if you spy on an organization, I'm going to see to it that we sue you into oblivion now don't underestimate the power in that because you spent 150 million dollars to try to prosecute me and a bunch of my okie dokes fellow okie dokes and you lost twice and your biggest loss is yet to come because we're now going after all of you in a biggest tort case in the history of the united states so anyways deprivation of rights is a pretty serious thing as well all right uh Let's see, we got a couple more questions. Oh my goodness, we're gonna hold off on that. Uh, Mr. Ogden, what about local, uh, oh, I'm sorry. What, Mr. Ogden, this comes from uh, Live and Local RL, what is the strategy to pass the grand jury ordinance with unwilling local commissioners? That's a delicate uh, uh, 
process. I would best, say. The best answer I heard from that was from Jeff Calhoun. He said, we're, we're going to at about 50% of chapter size, we're going to begin having our discussions on how to proceed within a specific county. So the people in that county, we're going to talk about that county. And he says it's going to take various forms in various places. There may be a media campaign or a social media campaign, or maybe we'll have to have people start going to meetings and monitoring and we're going to start lobbying. He said, but we're going to have our ducks in a row before we go. We're not going to go and fail. We're going to have everything lined up ahead uh, with our, our public uh, awareness campaign and so on to get this done. Uh, between then and now, perhaps you'll have the opportunity to elect a county commissioner. And perhaps in the campaign, you might ask them a question or two uh, in consult with your other chapter members that would help you tend to understand where their heart is. Amen to that. All right. Uh, if we can continue, are you okay? Um, more, more questions? R.L. Trucker, uh, Mr. Ogden, what about local judges that assign grand jurors who have a conflict because they are well-placed public employees, uh, corrupt grand juries? Well, one individual by themselves is not a grand jury. I would hope that out of a group of 25, you have some diversity of background, diversity of thought. I got a question from somebody, someone that said, what if the Democrats get on? I said, don't they live here too? <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this point again. You know, if you have a corrupt public official, they're stealing from everyone, not just one political party. Political parties, Washington warned us, was a bad idea because it's divisive. Uh, it's we the people collectively that are sovereign and the criminal that's coming after us is stealing from everyone. My dad's a Democrat, he's 92. If we have corrupt officials, they're stealing from him too. So I don't talk about Democrat, Republican, black, white, young, old, Amen. urban, rural, taste great, less filling, Ford, Chevy, Steelers, Cowboys, anything that's divisive, I'm not interested in it because division is a tactic of the delinquent. Every delinquent knows if we can get mom and dad to have an argument, they quit looking at the sketchy stuff the delinquent was doing over the weekend. And so I'm not arguing. Outstanding. All right. Uh, let's see. I am... I'm an angel, 77. Since I cannot do anything physically, uh, is teaching my son tactical civics since he has no idea since he wasn't taught civics. Um, so those that are physically unable to participate is not a limitation at all, period. <laughs> They're, get in where you fit in, right? Organize, educate. What sounds physical there? Mm -hmm. Tactical civics for high school. Available. Nice, nice, perfect. All right, here's my, uh, this is our last question here, okay? Uh, you know, in reaching out, uh, and I've had, by the way, I've been doing this a long time, so I've heard the same thing. Um, uh, everyone has a Patriot Party going on, and theirs is the best, and theirs is right, and there's another group, and then, another, you know, here we are getting together, and they're saying, oh, if this person's involved, then I'm not going to save my country is what I hear, you know? Um, what do you recommend? Shoot, I want to invite Democrats to the Retribution Marathon. 
I, I want I want to have a special segment and and reach out uh, to those that are on the opposite side of the political spectrum and say, here's the rules of engagement. Uh, here in Ohio, Democrats need to know that we are a red state because of electronic voting machine fraud that was perpetrated by Republicans. Here, I have the person that, that rigged the machines. The Democrats have had their votes stolen, and that's why we're a red state or a blue state. We don't know because of the fraud that's taken place here. So I want to protect even your vote as well. So let's come together on the following terms. What do we share in common? Let's come up with three bullet points and focus on that and move forward. You can still be a Democrat. I can't stand your politics, but let's focus on the three things that both of our families want most. So how do you suggest that everybody that's got their own Patriot Party, because I'm going to tell you something right now. I read in Discovery that there were a bunch of wingnuts that were connected to the Bundy Ranch protests that I would never want to associate with. They brought Tannerite. They, 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 they wanted to go arrest and kidnap judges. You know, They wanted to do all this rogue stuff. I don't want to associate with people who want to break the law. And, and I know who they are. I can list, you want me to list the names? So tell me, how do I contend with the fact that there's going to be people that are going to step up that I knew about in Discovery that I would never want to associate with, but they're going to be wanting to, I guess, sincerely uh, try to save our country, either that or you know, maybe they're one of those infiltrating FBI informants. How do you contend with that? Well, you, you said that about Democrats. Um, one of the most interesting odd couples that you'll see on in media is Steve Bannon and Dr. Naomi Wolf. And I've heard Naomi Wolf say, I don't think I would have talked to you were it not for this issue. Because my friends still can't believe I am talking to you. And yet they found common ground. Um, I believe in using a big funnel, bringing them all in and then letting themselves select their way out. Again, I'll refer you to the story of Gideon or anybody else, Judges 6, 7, and 8. You can read about that selection process. We'll find them here. The folks that are the bad actors, they aren't going to like the way we proceed because it's calm, it's orderly, it's thoughtful, Amen. it's peaceful, mm -hmm. and we're just not going to do the, 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 the crazy things. I read you the five laws of stupidity. When we started this show, I'll send you the article if you'd like. Please. Because stupid people exist everywhere. And you trip and fall over them, and they, they do stupid things. They do things that don't benefit them and hurt everybody else. Mm -hmm. That sounds like what you described. We're not having any of that. This isn't an armed uprising. This, this is an intellectual uprising. You know, I've got a guy that said to me, I'm reading the Constitution. I never read it before. He's 40. I said, really? Bet you know the rules of golf, though, don't you? We're going to change the discourse and dialogue in this country. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's a proven fact that if you want to lose weight, start reading diet books. Mm -hmm. You want to get in shape, start reading exercise right. stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it, the intellectual precedes the physical. We're going to learn about how this country was founded, how this country was organized, and how this country was run before we forgot. We're going to remember the word restore is very good. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to make progress. We're going to enter a progressive age of restoring the Constitution and reconcile all those words. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what we're going to do.
because yeah. what legacy am I supposed to leave? You know, I've got children and grandchildren and someday soon great grandchildren. They're going to be looking at me saying, you know, back when everything was going sideways, what, what did you do? Mm-hmm. And we're like, were you in the army or something? No, I volunteered for tactical civics because I saw it was a group of solutions. And I determined that I was going to influence the outcome as broadly as possible by effectively leveraging whatever leadership skills I can muster Amen. to get this thing done for your sake. Mm-hmm. The question isn't what did I do? The question, young man, young woman, is what are you going to do with it when I put it in your hands? That's right. Amen. All right, Bill Ogden, uh, we're going to have a discussion. We're going to plan this event. We're going to put to, uh, pull in a bunch of, uh, bunch of great patriots. Uh, and this is a national security emergency. We have no choice. Uh, so uh, for those that uh, prefer you know, to say to their children, whether we win or lose, I've tried my darndest. You know, we, we, we all died, but we all died standing on our own two feet and refused to take a knee. Um, hopefully we get enough, and I think we can, and one person in every single county, fill every single county. How many counties do, do uh, does Tactical Civics have right now? 40% or 40% of them, 40%. whatever that is, 1,200, 1,300. 1,200, 1,300. So the push is going to be to get ready for 2024, the most important year of our uh, constitutional and uh, uh, American lives. Uh, sir, so we'll talk uh, offline. I have a final comment here myself. Thank you for joining me, sir. And I want you to listen to this comment because it's a, it's a word. It's a warning. Okay. okay. In the spirit of unity and, and setting aside any differences, including all the mistakes that are well documented, there are individuals that are out there, the quote unquote patriots. Uh, it should be returned to their, your local FBI field office, but that's okay. You can redeem yourself by doing the following. Any person that steps out, as you did for many years, because this is a very powerful thing. When I came out and I said, uh, as a Marine, and I went to Bundy Ranch, and the FBI saw how powerful it was when I said, everybody, they're pointing guns at unarmed people. Nevada, it's legal to bring your guns. Let's go have a barbecue out there. And if they point guns at us, you know, unlawfully, we'll point guns back at them if that's what we need to do. But we're going to call the sheriff in and have a protest and have him intervene and say enough is enough and kick Obama's federal government out of Nevada. And let's go back to restoring the Constitution in Nevada and our U.S. Constitution. And guess what? Thank God it worked out the way it did. Nobody died in 2014. But what I had to live with was something called FBI COINTELPRO and a rumor that was out there. Don't hang out with Pete Santilli. He's a fed. Blah, blah, blah. That's all been proven in federal court, documented, where the government said he's never even spoken to us. He asserted his Fifth Amendment right. He was the only one of all the defendants that didn't speak to the FBI. And that Pete Santilli is this and Pete Santilli is that. This is what I've done. I already know individuals that are associated with, you know, tactical civics. That in the end, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to mention any names, but they know who they are. 
that when it came right down to it, when shots were fired, and I went to the FBI and said, we need to get the men and women out. Which direction did I go? I went towards the fire and ended up going in shackles. But a couple of individuals that were calling me an FBI informant, causing division, blah, 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 that they were the FBI informant. And in fact, the FBI was laughing at them because they were useful idiots and took pictures of their underwear hanging on a nail, left their guns behind, their wallet, their money, their IDs, and I have pictures of it. So as one example, and you know who you are, in the spirit of unity, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm not going to bring that up because, you know, maybe you can redeem yourself by pulling everybody together, stop your divisive FBI stuff. And I have a dossier and you step out. You, the guy with the underwear on the nail that ran when shots were fired and the FBI was laughing at you. I'm going to publicly disclose all that stuff just to show exactly what we're talking about. We need unity. Don't be divisive. Pete Santilli's not an FBI informant. I want to give everything to help even your family, even if you've made a mistake and ran when shots were fired as a coward, as a self-proclaimed constitutionalist that was prepared to stand and fight. What did you do? You ran. I didn't. I've never run. I've never run. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm prepared to sacrifice everything for everyone to my left to my right my family my residents my loved ones my dogs my country and in that spirit we go forth unifying focus on what we share in common i don't even need to like you i don't even need to think about you leaving your underwear behind and running and leaving your guns behind when shots were fired i don't even want to think about that those are days gone by. Uh, maybe you've mustered up some courage now as we go forth. Uh, we need people with courage that are willing to stand up for the law. We're law enforcers. I'm going to do two things. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to come back from this break and I'm going to play Dr. Peter McCullough's 30-minute interview. So we're going to go slightly over time. You have to hear Dr. Peter McCullough. Then I'm going to ask everybody to join me in the locals thread. We're going to play the Clay Higgins before my LFA show. We're going to play the Clay Higgins from front to back. So I don't have enough time to play both. But when we come back from this break, we're going to play Dr. Peter McCullough that drops two major bombs. They were told not to administer remdesivir, and they did it anyway, and people died. Number two, Pfizer, Moderna, and those other boogeymen over there that they want you complaining about, those are the front fall guys for what? For a vaccine that was developed by the military industrial complex and it, they put a label on it and people are injecting themselves with something that the military designed. And he said this, and you'll hear it right after we come back from this break, all right? Everybody get to tacticalcivics.com, ladies and gentlemen, sign up, join a chapter, uh, you don't have to, it's voluntary. Uh, I'm not paid a dime to tell you this. I'm, I'm telling us this because it's been my vision. You know this if you've been on this show. We need one person, for starters, in every single county. Take the power back. We outnumber them. We win. God wins. So help me, God.
Hi, All I'm right. Ron Paul. I know what you're thinking. Another sure. old commercial. But don't put the TV right. on mute. You I'm going to contact you in a little bit here. Uh, I, I'm going to probably grab a bite to eat after I shut down. As soon as I do, I'll text you uh, in case you're on the phone. Yes, sir. We'll link up on a call and let's schedule. Uh, I want to produce a show uh, that is c convenient. We get major influencers and then we'll build a schedule of educators. People can come on. We'll have Mr. Uh, Mr. Zuniga come on. We'll have you come on. We'll we'll maybe build like 20 minute segments for each uh, person. We'll do special segments and and I'll MC the event and we'll produce an event that we'll call it a marathon. Is that okay? Sorry with me. Let's do it. And the objective is to get enough signups to cover every single county by the end of the year. Scott's looking at eight thousand for the year. Um, we should be at five thousand next week, if not sooner. Weekends are big for us. Uh, I'm getting text messages from people that are watching the show now, so that's always a good thing. That's great. Uh, and yeah, these are rebroadcast. Is that correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we got a big bump over the weekend. We got a big bump. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll build some highlights and put it out. But uh, let's uh, let's just do a, a quick little planning call, uh, skull session. Then I'll get uh, Scott McKay and you know, and we'll start planning it out. We'll set a date and we'll do it. Roger. All right, sir. Have a great day. Yep. Bye bye. Directly onto you. Go to mypillow.com to get deep. Deb, Deb, Deb. My pillow product. For example, did you like my warning to the guy that left his guns and his underwear behind that the FBI was laughing about? Huh? Yeah. It's not just him, though. I know, uh, but that's a great example, all right. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a good thing to let them know right off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Plus, we've infused the fabric with our temperature regulating technology. You combine that with our brand new mattress topper 2.0, and I guarantee you, you get the best sleep of your life. It's the perfect time to get the MyPillow 2.0s for your friends, family, and everyone you know. They truly make the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save 50%. Get your queen-size MyPillow 2.0 regularly $79.96 now only $39.98 and king size just $5 more from all of us at MyPillow Merry Christmas and God bless MyPillow.com Hi I'm gonna go right to it okay we alright and it's a Variant skip it. It's going to go out. That's uh, that's my session, my overtime session. Mm -hmm. uh, the locals are seven people for the LFA show. Yeah. Them, if you want to drop in then. Questions out for Pastor Daryl. Yes. Uh, we'll do a Q&A session. Our uh, chat, get a free subscription on forward slash support. And You don't want to miss Pastor. Absolutely adore him. Make sure you join us tonight. Oh. Uh, join us. Minute interview. I'm not going with there took the appropriate amount of time with Bill Clay Higgins. Uh, join us at three. We'll get it fired up. Mm -hmm. um, join us in our right. Here we go. Yeah. You ready? 
We'll but I'll be in the chat room on Locals. I want to miss this interview right here. And then when I want to take this and tell down Democrat family members, connected themselves with a military, okay, that Dr. Peter McCullough is the cardiologist anywhere. What he states here is not true. His license like that. What he's saying is they don't want to miss it. And here it is. I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love My Slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long so please order now these these companies from what i understand that that the vaccine was developed by military contractors and then private mm -hmm. labeled to the pharmaceutical companies yeah. and, and that's my question to you is is that true we're, we're learning about this that these private label like pfizer and moderna mm -hmm. uh they put their name to uh vaccines that were developed by a different entity is that correct it's true that the Pfizer and Moderna don't produce their own vaccine. Moderna, its products is made by a biodefense contractor called Resilience. Big operation in Mississauga, Ontario. They're building a big uh, operation in uh, Australia. Pfizer's is made by a consortium. It's interesting that AstraZeneca and uh, Janssen were made by Emergent Biosolutions, another uh, defense contractor outside Baltimore, Maryland. So the two adenoviral vaccines, uh, which you know are now off the market, they they're actually made by the same company. You wonder if it's the same thing. But you know, why would we have biodefense contractors making a vaccine? You know, why weren't these pharmaceutical grade? How come they were never inspected? We've never had an inspection report from the companies you know, about quality, purity, contaminants, um, you, know, uh, you, you know, confirming the dose of messenger RNA. Mm. Uh, uh, none of this looked good from the very beginning. My goodness, uh, it, it's been a little while, but uh, Deb Jordan, uh, my lovely co-host and my bride said, mm -hmm. We started out in the very beginning. Dr. Peter McCullough, actually, I think a friend of his was uh, Dr. Yvette Lozano. There were some success yeah, stories. Yeah. And Dr. Dr. Peter, let's get right into it. Do you remember way back when? Now, I want to say this. Dr. Yvette Lozano was saying that at the time, 365 patients treated with um, mm -hmm. hydroxychloroquine. And that had my YouTube channel shut down, I'm proud oh, to say. I mean, that told you something was going on, right? <laughs> I mean, well, why would they back. shut it down? That was an early innovation. <clears throat> I went to a Bible study. I was talking to somebody about Bible study. They go, oh, yeah, this doctor in Dallas figured out how to treat COVID. I go, who's that? They said, Yvette Lozano. I said, wow. I said, I got to go visit her. So, you know, it took me a while. I ultimately visited Yvette, wonderful lady. 
she's a real heroine oh, in the pandemic, really saved hundreds and hundreds of lives, oh, yeah. kept her doors open while everybody else were closing the doors to patients with acute COVID. So actually there's a chapter in our book on Yvette Lozano, Courage to Face COVID-19. Yes, and uh, you know, it's not not that I, I need to claim, you know, that, that I started in the very beginning, but we were putting out the truth. And like you said, saving lives, Dr. Yvette Lozano, people were calling her from all over the country. They were driving yeah. from California to be treated but how far we've come my oh my we've come a long way and sir you've been leading you've been leading the charge uh and, and this isn't just to throw flowers at you um let, can can you give us uh, an update we've learned so much a tremendous amount about two things number one the grand conspiracy of course to cover mm -hmm. up how this thing originally came about but you know is, is that gonna is that gonna save lives we've learned our way uh through the process knowing the early treatment uh knowing how this thing pretty much spreads uh, but there's a lot of doctors that have stepped up hydroxychloroquine ivermectin i was one of those ones that was on the early treatment with uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, some zinc. Uh, I did uh, for you know a little bit further advanced with uh, budesonide and a nebulizer. And um, I never had to go follow the instructions of the clinic that uh, wait until you can't breathe anymore and then show up for your ventilation and your run death is near, right? <laughs> your remdesivir. We've come well, a long way. Well, you know, it's an important observation, Pete, that you know, those who received early treatment, they survived. And or even analyses, those who received enough early treatment, even if they were elderly and sick and ultimately became hospitalized, they survived the hospitalization. And it was only those who had no early treatment. They followed the government's guidelines until they were really sick and went into the hospital and then started treatment. It was too late. And sadly, virtually all the deaths that happened with COVID happened in the hospital. So the hospital was not saving individuals. This is largely over with now. I recently prepared for an event and I reviewed Texas, so I'm, I'm in Texas. Texas has on the books 92,000 COVID deaths. So either dying directly of COVID, uh, which is about 10% and then 90% is you know dying with it or having it you know as a as one of a multi, you know a constellation of illnesses. But of those 92,000, Pete, the number is only 1,500 who died in 2023. Mm. So, I mean, I can tell you the hospitals have been empty for a long time. There's mm. no emergency. Every so often we hear some false news story that, oh, the ICUs are overrun or, or, or you know, people are overtaxed. Mm. It's not true. We never exceeded our capacity. Uh, the hospitalizations didn't need to happen. What we've learned in a recent uh, paper published by uh, Gugliacos and colleagues from the University of Texas System. Mm. I'm one of the senior authors um, that uh, multiple studies showed that we can even treat patients with low oxygen at home. The low oxygen saturation was not a trigger for the hospital and certainly not a trigger for the mechanical ventilator. We did what's called permissive hypoxemia. We let the oxygen level go low and as long as we were pounding away with the McCullough protocol and the, you know, the, the multi-drug uh, treatment regimens, patients pulled through. As long as the work of breathing was acceptable and ability to think was fine, I treated patients uh, myself into the O2 saturations in the 70s. Now, normal is greater than 94%. Oxygen saturations in the 70s, and, and, and they were at home. You know, it was a little difficult to breathe, but they were getting through it, and it was a, it was a tough illness. But I can tell you, if those individuals would have been in the ER, they would have been paralyzed, sedated, 
and put on the ventilator and it would have been curtains. My goodness, I called uh, the local hospital because I did, I did not. I just uh, I came up with a role play scenario and I asked him, I said, I have a, you know, a family member. Um, she's concerned that if she goes to the hospital, the reason why she's hesitated is she does not want remdesivir. She doesn't want to mm-hmm. go on the ventilation. And uh, can uh, she be assured that she won't be, uh, that you won't administer remdesivir. And I went on for about 15 minutes. They said, well, that depends. You know, it depends on who the doctor is and where's your, you know, what the circumstances are. But she said, but you know, she won't come to the hospital unless we can guarantee it. And I said, no, she won't. Uh, I said, do we need something in writing? And she goes, oh, you were one of those. She said, one of those conspiracy theorists about the harmful effects, obviously the uh, the studies that were done, because I said that uh, she heard it on a on on a talk show. A doctor had mentioned that it had a 54 percent failure rate. She said, "Oh, you're one of those." Well, you know, Pete. You know, the word conspiracy theorist has mm. to be turned. Mm. The right term is called you're a rational theorist. Yes. A rational theorist means you have theories about things. We all have theories about things, but your theories are rational. They're evidence-based. They can be discussed and then debated. You know, the World Health Organization said in November of 2020 that remdesivir should not be used in hospitalized patients mm. because it doesn't reduce mortality. And some people, it causes kidney injury and, and, and liver damage. Now, in 2022, the WHO Solidarity Group, their research group, <coughs> revisited remdesivir. And they concluded they were right in 2020. Remdesivir, even with additional studies, provided no benefit. So you're not a conspiracy theorist. None of us are. We're rational theorists. So, you know, that's a way to kind of nicely turn and say, yeah, I have theories just like you do. But, you know, patients, you know, are wise in declining remdesivir. It doesn't offer a benefit. It doesn't harm everyone. But in some people, it will harm them. I think the greatest concern is people are older, sicker, diabetics, at risk for kidney disease, people on multiple uh, liver drugs. I've personally had my patients hospitalized and I was following along this early in the pandemic and they would get a five-day course of remdesivir. I could not get a single patient through five days because of the liver toxicity. It's a very toxic drug. Personally, I would not want to receive it and I would not want my family members to get it. Outstanding. Like I said, we've learned a lot uh, and now we're, we're now hearing, and I want to I speak of this, I want to hear from you because I'm sure you're <laughs> trying to get ahead of the curve. Uh, and I've uh, jokingly, I've said, uh, here comes uh, the election variant. We're expecting this to come along. But um, uh, this this uh, Chinese pneumonia. Now, there, there were a couple of reports here in Ohio. Um, so we we got early indication that something was coming. Can you tell us about this Chinese pneumonia? And is it similar to uh, the circumstances that we went through? Because we're hearing the CDC director saying, throw on your, your masks all of a sudden. But can you give us an update on Chinese pneumonia? Yeah, the, our best research suggests that Chinese pneumonia is actually a known bacteria called mycoplasma pneumonia. <laughs> there is a form of it in China. It's about 150 papers written by the Chinese and the Koreans, and it's macrolide resistant, meaning it cannot be treated with azithromycin, clarithromycin, erythromycin. So we have to use quinolones, which would be ciprofloxacin or levofloxacin, or um, or tetracyclines like doxycycline. But it's a known form of a pneumonia, typically affects children, it's very mild, treated with the antibiotics. Turns out my, my two nieces got mycoplasma when they were kids, 
and they were temporarily hospitalized here in Texas, got some antibiotics, went home in a day or two. So it's not a big deal. Uh, so we're ready to treat it. You know, what I learned is there was a patient in China and he was returned to Brazil to one of my colleagues, Michelle Schechter. Michelle reached out to me and said, you know what, the Chinese are not testing for it. They're testing for flu and COVID, but they don't have the multiplex uh, testing to diagnose mycoplasma. But in fact, that's what he had. So then I realized the problem. That's the reason why this is mysterious. The Chinese don't have the multiplex texting that we would have in the United States. You know, those cases in Ohio could be diagnosed right away and they'd be treated with antibiotics and they're gonna be fine. By the way, the wellness company, emergency medical kit has the drugs in it mm-hmm. to treat the Chinese pneumonia. So you're covered there. You know, and and by the way, this interview, we started out and I mentioned, we started out with Dr. Peter McCullough very early on. And I remember at that time, the supply chain seized up. I couldn't even get Lysol and ibuprofen. And I was upset by that. It was amazing. So I'm just gonna show you guys uh, this uh, medical emergency kit when the supply chain seizes up. You're already hearing about shutting down uh, travel from China already. So if something like that happens again, you have this stuff on hand. Uh, this, as well as the, the the COVID emergency kit, provides you with a uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, a nebulizer, and it's prescribed by a doctor, right, to have it on mm-hmm. hand in an emergency. Correct? Yeah, it's prescribed by a doctor. It's one kit per person. You know, many people have one at work and at school, travel, so they're ready to go. The kits are small, so they can easily fit in a suitcase. But I can tell you, Americans and people worldwide, they're not gonna be burned again by not being able to get drugs. I can't tell you how many desperate patients went to pharmacies and they said, well, we're not gonna fill the medication. Now they did that for hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, prednisone, budesonide. Uh, They did it for colchicine, doxycycline. Uh, You know, pharmacists basically hurt patients badly by not performing their jobs, by not dispensing medications to sick COVID patients. And, uh, you know, never again. I, I don't think Americans are ever going to tolerate that again. Wellness companies stepped in and provided a solution. Yes. Now, I'm, I'm going to mention something here. Not, uh, yes, I'm going to try to impress you because I've done a lot of research, Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, the the can, quote unquote conspiracy uh, is, you know, talking about the conspiracy and complaining about that is not necessarily going to save lives. But I'll tell you what. When I discovered the facts that there was a potential problem at the Wuhan lab in, uh, in September of 2019, late September, mm-hmm. in October event 201, we had April Haynes, CIA, as well as the CDC's equivalent, I mean the CCP's equivalent, George right. Gao sitting there. And what they were talking about before we even knew how to spell COVID is how to suppress information about a potential right. lab leak. And now. That move right there, it propagated throughout the world. By January, when we found out what COVID was, they had already preconditioned all the major influencers, all the big, you know, right. all of the, the big organizations. So there was suppression of information. We don't have that this time around. I think we have the free flow of information. We've got uh, alternative means, non-traditional mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. means. If you can go to the wellness company, you can speak to a doctor. They're not going to be concerned about uh, prescribing mm-hmm. ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. So we're in a much different place, sir. But I also learned uh, something about the vaccine. I'll never forget the day when I heard you say, you know, since this whole thing had come about with the, the jab that over 600,000 people, Americans, have died in this country. Is that is that an mm-hmm. accurate figure? Have you looked at that number? 
You know, it's so true. And I, again, I think that one of the big difference makers is independent media. You and I didn't know each other before the pandemic. So, you know, right. you didn't have a resource to call on. You know, I didn't know that the really the high end independent media shows like yours. And, and, and I go on a lot of shows, but I didn't before. It's different now. So with the monkeypox emergency, we came in, we gave practical advice. We got America through monkeypox. It never you know, was something that shut down the country. We had several waves of COVID. We've come in with the McCullough protocol, how to treat it, uh, advising people on the vaccines. And what you're calling out is basically a, a coordinated plan to push the vaccines. Do you know in December 10th, 2020, the BBC came out with the Trusted News Initiative? Now, the vaccines didn't get EUA approved till December 11th. So this is the day before the FDA meeting. And you know what the BBC said? That we're going to have this news service, uh, censorship and content mediation uh, moderation in order to combat dangerous vaccine misinformation. Mm. Now, wait a minute. The vaccines weren't even out yet. They didn't even exist in the mm. public domain. And yet they were going to battle misinformation. So, you know, this whole thing was contrived. Uh, and now we've seen, sadly, record injuries, disabilities, and deaths. Our CDC has on their books 18,000 Americans dying after the vaccine, uh, about 1,150 dying on the same day of the vaccine. That's reported by doctors like me who think the vaccine causes that. The Japanese um, Ministry of Health and, and Labor and Welfare has just reported the same relationship. People dying, particularly seniors, uh, you know, on the, on, the, on the day of and the next day after the vaccine because the underreporting factor is about 30. And if we don't have the card and all the data, we can't report. We estimate it's 30 times 18,000, Pete. We're coming up on 600,000 Americans who've died after the vaccine. Autopsy study by Holscher and colleagues, I'm senior author, suggests at least three quarters of them, it's directly due to the vaccine. Unbelievable, sir. Another thing that I've learned, and if you can confirm it, if I'm if I'm incorrect, um, I found out. I spoke to Tom Rents. I'm sure you know Tom. Tom mm -hmm. Rents as a whistleblower from the military uh, that said that uh, that he was uh, given five, um, and 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 I I, I think it was um, well, it was it was actually the vaccine. Um, uh, from a company, and this is this is what I want to say. These these companies, from what I understand, that that the vaccine was developed by military contractors and then private mm -hmm. labeled to the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. And, and that's my question to you: is is that true? We're we're learning about this that these private label like Pfizer and Moderna, mm -hmm. uh, they put their name to uh, vaccines that were developed by a different entity. Is that correct? It's true that the Pfizer and Moderna don't produce their own vaccine. Moderna, this product is made by a biodefense contractor called Resilience. Big operation in Mississauga, Ontario. They're building a big uh, operation in uh, Australia. Pfizer's is made by a consortium. It's interesting that AstraZeneca and uh, Janssen were made by Emergent Biosolutions, another uh, defense contractor outside Baltimore, Maryland. So the two adenoviral vaccines, uh, which you know are now off the market, they they're actually made by the same company. You wonder if it's the same thing. But you know, why would we have biodefense contractors making a vaccine? You know, why weren't these pharmaceutical grade? How come they were never inspected? We've never had an inspection report from the companies you know, about quality, purity, contaminants. 
um, you know, uh, you, you know, confirming the dose of messenger RNA. Uh, uh, none of this looked good from the very beginning. People should really be worried. You know, products are always inspected. Tylenol, Advil, uh, various food products, everything's tested. These vaccines have never been inspected uh, and never had a, a report produced. As Pfizer's website says they have 40 different quality control checks on the manufacturing, but they won't tell us what they are and they certainly won't prove it. Now, I want to reserve the last five minutes that I have with you, 30-minute segment. Uh, we have questions from our subscribers, great questions. So quick questions, quick answers for okay. the last five minutes. But, um, uh, you know, Pfizer and the culpability, of course, through um, uh, through uh, the, the process of, of them coming to market, they were given immunity. But there's certain things that you can't uh, waive liability on or be immune from if there's criminal culpability, if you knowingly, mm -hmm. you know, caused death, for instance. And I'm not saying that somebody did, but uh, there are uh, legal actions that are being taken against these big pharma companies. And you're in Texas, and the Texas AG Paxton has filed a suit against Pfizer. Uh, what's that about, and, and where do you think it's going to go? Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has filed a suit saying that Pfizer violated our Deceptive Practices Act, that Pfizer deceived Texans on vaccine safety and efficacy. And if that's shown, then that begins to put a, a crack in this liability wall. And again, you, uh, nobody can um, uh, be immune from prosecution if you knowingly did something that may have caused right. deaths, correct? Right. And, and that's the main premise of that. All right. Now, uh, I heard recently within the past couple of days, in fact, that uh, the Italian health minister is now being investigated uh, for the cover ups of vaccine deaths. They, there is a massive covering up uh, that's going on worldwide. But this Italian minister, what do you know about that situation? I tell you, if the vaccines were safe, we wouldn't have all this activity going on over the world. Roberta Speranza former Italian health minister now heavily investigated, apparently emails. They knew that people were reporting vaccine deaths and they were trying to cover it up. Emails. Um, and, and also Ralph, and back to emails, I saw the documentation, the communication between Ralph Barrick, uh, University of North Carolina and Anthony Fauci. I mean, we now have, I mean, they knowingly uh, put out the remdesivir knowing that it, it had a failure rate. I think with the Ebola, it was a higher uh, mortality rate than the Black Plague. And they said, well, the profits are going to follow once this thing gets into the markets. I mean, that that's that's criminal, is it not? But your remdesivir just never worked. It was a bad idea. It's a failed antiviral. Yeah. Now, there's only one study that showed it actually did anything. It was the first author was by Gottlieb here in Dallas. Mm. And if, if you give it very early serial IV infusions to outpatients, it could have a beneficial effect. But I got to tell you, early on, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, later on Paxlovid, molnupiravir, the, the, the antivirals you know, were fine. Uh, I think the steroids played a bigger role. The nasal sprays and washes, Pete, they played a huge role. Everybody should learn this. Dilute iodine, xylitol, colloidal silver. Everybody needs to have a nasal spray and a gargle strategy at home. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. All right. Now, uh, before we go to questions, this is the biggest thing that I wanted to talk about because since the last time you and I have gotten together, the thing I always hear, and a lot of people were forced, we even had a family member that was in the military. He was just months away from retirement. He had to assume the risk because he says, I'm not going to give up an entire career. And he mm -hmm. took the risk, but 
Uh, here's the question that I hear all the time. I had to take the vax or I'm concerned about the shedding. Spike proteins, there is a product that I understand that you were involved in formulating, spike support. Uh, talk to the people that are concerned. Hey, can I reverse the damage? What do I need to do to protect myself from the shedding, from the spike protein shedding? Can you speak to that? Big news published McCullough Protocol Base Spike Detoxification features natokinase, wellness company spike support, uh, bolstered by curcumin and bromelain, two additional natural products. Uh, we have very good uh, preclinical and some clinical randomized trial data that this handles the spike protein, allows dissolution and clearance of the spike protein, and resolution of long COVID and post vaccine injury symptoms. Now, I can't make any therapeutic claims because there are no large prospective randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trials, but this is a protocol we're doing in our office, and until there's better protocols, and our government and the major medical societies have provided no helpful drugs or protocols for patients with long COVID or vaccine issues, uh, the McCullough Protocol based spike protein detoxification is quickly becoming the worldwide de facto standard, just like the McCullough Protocol for early treatment of COVID. So I filled the gap twice now in the pandemic, and, and it's so great. It's so actually gratifying to see people get better. Dr. Peter, I've been one of your biggest advocates. Uh, just to let you know, because we, you know, we haven't gotten together that often, you're very busy, and I want you in front of as many eyeballs and ears mm -hmm. as possible. But I heard about the uh, the McCullough protocol and the, uh, the spike support and uh, through our partnership with Rumble, uh, the, the, the wellness company is something we're going to be a huge advocate for. So I want you to know that and our viewership will benefit from that. All right, let's go to uh, questions. Marcy P, uh, longtime supporter, asked Dr. McCullough about the people who are taking shots I heard of in Houston and then lost their eyesight. Have you heard some correlations between loss of eyesight and the taking of the jab? It's been well published. Sadly, uh, both retinal artery and retinal vein occlusion occurs in those who took the shots. Even two years afterwards, micro blood clots can rob people of their vision. Another reason why uh, we're very anxious to get people on McCullough protocol based spike detoxification. We have not seen complications once we get people started. So very important, natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. Okay, uh, I think it's uh, Deb uh, has this question or a question from one of our viewers. We know the vaccine can cause many health issues. What about the virus itself? What should we be watching for and or defending against after we've recovered from COVID? Do you have a plan for uh, COVID aftercare? COVID definitely influences health. And in some cases, I think it's nearly as bad as the vaccine. So for instance, the COVID itself can cause blood clots without taking the vaccine. Even two years later, Pete, I've seen three foot blood clots in my office due to COVID, not the vaccine. So believe me, COVID can cause problems. Everybody should be on a recovery program. I think a couple episodes of COVID are any symptoms. Again, they should start detoxification with natokinase, which is wellness company spike support, plus bromelain and curcumin. Uh, you can find that at twc.health forward slash Pete. And, uh, and get going on the detoxification program. Many patients need additional blood thinners, aspirin. It all depends on the clinical evaluation. But yes, COVID itself affects human health. I'm convinced of it. I've had it twice. You hear me coughing, Pete. I tell you, my lungs have never been the same after two episodes of COVID. 
Wow. You know, one thing I do need to mention here, I've got one more question um, from promo code Dave, but uh, I had uh, COVID twice. Um, and the second time around, I had this thing that I heard about through Dr. Artis. I had numbing of the toes. Mm -hmm. What is that? Is that, is there a connection? That's a small fiber neuropathy. My brother had it too. It took over his whole body. You know, thankfully I got my brother. He tried all the different drugs, saw a neurologist. Thankfully at the time, all we knew is about spike support. I got him on spike support. It took about four months and his condition completely resolved. And I think it was driven through COVID. Now he did take multiple jabs, but the bottom line is he's better and that's all that counts. That's all that counts. And spike support was the was yeah. the remedy after four months. That's great to know. Excellent. All right, promo code Dave, last question here. How often can I have a drop of ivermectin or take ivermectin? Uh, asking how often it should be taken, says promo code Dave. So can you take it as a prophylactic uh, or preventative? You know, I don't advise it right now. I don't advise it as no. a prophylactic. I, I tell Dave, save your ammo save up your ivermectin so when you get sick and, and you know typical man will take 36 48 or 60 milligrams a day so we use high doses when people are sick mm. but i don't think we need it for prophylaxis everybody should be using a dilute iodine xylitol or colloidal silver nasal spray and then yes. gargling with scoperlistrine you get a big blast of covid go to the nasal spray and gargle that's more effective than trying to take prophylaxis with hydroxy Imagine. or with uh, ivermectin. Well, I remember you're the first one that I heard about the nasal spray uh, with um, uh, the, the the iodine. What is the what is the dilution or uh, the amount of iodine that you should? A, a couple of, a couple of drops in a spray bottle of salt water is the homemade version. There's good brand versions: Cofix, RX, Betadine, uh, Xylitol is another good way to go. Those are the clear products or colloidal silver. You know, even good old salt water works, but you can't let the virus you know, multiply in the nose for five days and invade the body. You can't do that. As soon as you start to get congestion, feel you're sick, people have to do nasal sprays, spray a lot up in the nose, Pete, sniff it back and spit it out. Do it wow. twice on each side. Outstanding, outstanding. Last question, what does Dr. McCullough think about source pharmacies removing Benadryl, Theraflem, Flumax, and other medications that have been used for years <laughs> with results? Uh, is it to let minor symptoms grow into hospitalizations? Final question, final answer. You know, removing drugs off the formulary, the you know, FTC is trying to do this. They're trying to kind of weed out what's on the shelves. I don't think it's really gonna help. They could remove some drugs that maybe raise blood pressure like ephedrine, but you know, Benadryl, we use that for allergic reactions. Uh, you know, there's a variety of over-the-counter products that we actually use medicinally. We're actually using more of them now post-COVID. So we're relying on natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. Uh, we're, you know, we're relying on some other products for cholesterol. So uh, I really don't wanna see the government attack the over-the-counter products. They are safe, and if we find them useful, they shouldn't be attacked. Americans are getting worried that the government is getting heavy-handed in railroading people into prescription pharmaceuticals. I'm one of the biggest advocates as follows because of my experience. It took me months to figure out that I needed to have zinc, quercetin, all the stuff. We have right. our, our, our cabinet is, is filled, but it took us a long time to acquire right. those and there was a short supply. So now I'm recommending never again 
get the medical emergency kit. Have it on hand because when they talk about shutting down the supply chain, have that stuff on hand. Go to twc.health forward slash P and sir, that is a, those two kits are necessary to have on, on hand. Yes, sir? That's right. Got to have them. Sir, thank you very much. I promise you 30 minutes and you're off and running with your lovely ride. So I'm not going to hold you up. I thank you so much for taking the time out very much. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. Bye-bye now.